going on everybody? I go by the name of Ismari Marv And you are now tuned in to another episode of Gem Talk And today, this morning, I got with me my man The skilled speedster himself What's going on? Drew the Barber, good morning bro, what's going on homie? What's up brother, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. First and foremost, I want to say I appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on uh, with me. It's uh, 1030 a.m. where we are. This is the first time I did a conversation in the morning. Typically, I do them um, in the evenings, but I've been experimenting with the time. So I appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your morning to get up and uh, chat with Marvy Marvin, drop some gems. Absolutely, bro. So, guys, where are you guys tapping in from? I'm in upstate New York. Drew, you're in... Uh, Tampa, right? Yep. Drew's in Tampa. Where are you guys tapping in from? Let us know in the chat so we can show you some love. Uh, Today's conversation is going to be dope, man. Uh, I got an opportunity to meet Drew a few years back, and um, Drew's just been dope. He's been dope for the industry. He's done some dope things in the the barbering world. And uh, for those of you who don't know Drew, you're about to find out. About him today, we got Houston in the building. We got Ver, Ver, Val Rico. Is that how I say that, Drew? That's your area, yeah. Florida. Yeah, Val Rico, Miami, Tampa, upstate New York. Yes, sir. Miami, Austin, Texas, Charlotte. We got we got a few people from Val Rico. That's pretty dope. So California, cool guys. What I will say is a couple things um, before we really get rolling. If you have questions. Ask us questions. Now, me and Drew might not answer them in real time because we'll be in conversation. But what I'll do is I'll save them to my question folder. And if me and Drew don't cover the, or answer your question at some point, we'll make sure we get back um, to it at the point where we start doing Q&A. Also, make sure you follow Drew the Barber on Instagram. Hit the like button and subscribe to the channel um, if you haven't done so already. So, Drew, man, this is the first time we got uh, an opportunity to connect in a, a while. I feel like you kind of fell back and been busy. What's been going on with you, bro? Yeah, man, just been busy, you know, kind of just still still working towards the goals and building and, and just, you know, keeping everything going. Um, it's, been, it's been a good time since the last time I saw you. Um, got some new opportunities and just kind of been working uh, working on those. So new opportunities, what are we talking about? What you been doing? So within the last year, I just started working for uh, WWE, um, which oh. has been a little bit of a change of pace for me um, from what I'm used to as far as doing like, you know, the barber shows and the, the battles and stuff like that. It's been a little bit more of a corporate world. Um, and that's kind of been like the first time, first little taste that I've gotten of that in a long time, being an owner of eight years now, 22 years barbering, um, kind of have been on my own and kind of building my own, uh, you know, doing it my own way. And now I'm kind of in a corporate world and a corporate setting. So it's a much different change of pace, but it's helping me grow. And um, it's pretty exciting. That's pretty dope, bro. Uh, guy, uh, barbers in the uh, chat, uh, let us know how long you've been cutting hair. Let us know. Uh, drop how long you've been cutting hair. I've been doing it for, what, 13 years now. Drew been doing it for about 47 years now. The OG Drew. Now, Drew, you've been doing it, what, 20 years now, right? 20, 22 years now. That's dope. Just turned 41 two weeks ago. You just turned 41? 
41. Oh, happy belated, bro. Yeah, man. All right, cool. So we got some some OGs. We got 10 years. I think you start hitting OG around 10 years, 13 years, one year. Okay, 20 years, yeah. 11 years. Cool. We got some experience in here this morning. The experience is up early. That's what yeah. it is. 10 years. 10 years. Dope. So for uh, the people tuned in, man, you, you say you started working with WWE. How did that opportunity come about? Like, how do you even get in a position to where that opportunity presents itself? So funny story. And this was really good for my barbers to see kind of how this whole thing evolved. Um, and it's really what I've preached before online. And when I do, you know, classes, um, you know, whenever I'm booked to do so is I actually got the WWE opportunity by simply just being uh, friendly in the barbershop. The the guy who gave me my opportunity wasn't even a client of mine. He happened to come in. He was getting a haircut with another barber um, that worked for me at the time. Mm. And um, he started talking, you know, to, to my barber about, you know, what he does for a living. And I thought it was pretty dope. You know, growing up, I was a wrestling fan growing up, um, you know, well into my adult career, still watching um, wrestling and kept up with it. And, um, I always just thought it was awesome. You know, had I had been three or four feet bigger, I probably had been a wrestler. I was so into it when I was little. So I always, I always had an idea of, you know, wanting to do something like that one day, whether it be movies or working on television or something, that's where I kind of wanted my, the trajectory of my career to go anyhow. So this guy comes in, he's talking about what he does. He's a makeup artist and stuff. And I was like, you know, I go over, introduce myself, and we just get into conversation, and we're talking, and just about like you know everything that he does for a living, how he makes a living and stuff, and you know we we formed a, a relationship. He still kept coming in and getting a haircut, and uh, we always just kept a good you know good balance, which is why I always try to tell my barbers, it doesn't matter if the person coming in the barber shop is sits with you or sits with anyone else in the shop any of your peers to keep a good attitude and to be the reason why maybe the haircut that could be separate, but you don't understand that being in a barbershop, you can affect the way people feel, even though you're not cutting their hair. Right. Which is why it's good. People, people don't realize people come and get their haircuts at certain spots because of the atmosphere, because of the, you know, what they, how they feel when they come there. So being the reason why somebody comes to a shop and and they wake up in the morning, they're excited to go to shop. That's a good feeling. So I always try to tell my barbers, listen, you, there's so many opportunities. So many people can open doors. It doesn't necessarily mean just be rude to everybody else, but only right. talk to the person in your chair. Yeah. You it's know, weird how like uh, some barbers will acknowledge their people come in right they're 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 cutting or they're waiting it's like yo drew what's up bro yeah, yeah. but then when the marvy mars clients come in it's kind of just look at them and get back yeah. to what they're doing it's like bro right. say hello and that and that's why i like to keep the vibe of my shop is that you could come in and you can vibe with anybody no matter who you're getting your haircut with we're all going to make you feel comfortable and we're going to do our best to do so so basically what happened was is that this guy you know he ended up moving out of state and living somewhere else two years go by and i don't hear you know we don't see this guy the barber that was working for me no longer working for me and the guy calls the barber shop one day it was Mm -hmm. on a friday i was cutting hair and i'm thinking okay well he's probably in town he needs a haircut no big deal so he gets on the phone with me and he says hey man you know um 
I remember us having a conversation. I remember, um, you know, you telling me about your aspirations in life, things that you wanted to do. And based off of what I've seen from you over the course of a you know few years and me going there and following you online, um, an opportunity has come up and I brought your name to the table. And after they looked at your content and looked at, you know, some of the things, you know, looked into you, um, they'd like to offer you a job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to know if you'd be interested in that prior to them reaching out to you. So, I mean, that's literally how I got the opportunity. It wasn't somebody that I was super close with at the time. It wasn't somebody that, you know, somebody that was a friend of mine. It was simply having good conversation and engaging with the people that came, that come into my shop that have led to so many opportunities like this, this being one that has truly been life-changing. Mm, I absolutely love that. Barbers, drop some fire emojis in the chat. That's super dope, man. And and the takeaway that I want y'all to take away from that is, uh, again, just to reiterate what Drew was saying, we got to show love to everybody that walks in the door, not just the people that are sitting in our chair. A simple hello, how you been? Yo, good to see you. If you can recall something that they shared last time they were in the shop, you know, mention that. Shout out to my homie Bree Baza coming through. Showing love with the 999 super chat. Thank you, homie. Appreciate you, dog. Um, show love to everybody that comes in the shop because you just never know what type of opportunities um, could pre- present themselves. And especially you beginner barbers or newer barbers that are tapped into this that are working to build clientele. When you're in the shop and people are coming in, be friendly, be welcoming, right? Uh, 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 be nice to them because you just never know. Like, yeah, we can get some amazing opportunities. Like the one drew, um, got presented with the WWE, which is that's fire. But even at bare minimum, you might gain another client just by being friendly. I have a client now that I've been cutting pretty much my whole career. Now the whole 12, 13 years. And the way I started cutting him was he used to come into the shop and go to another barber that was in the shop. Um, working with me and he would come every week to come see him and then at one point the barber that was working for me decided he wanted to go his separate way we just for whatever reason he decided he wanted to leave cool fine so he left so this guy comes in looking for him to get a haircut from him he's not there right i'm like well did you make an appointment with him and he's like yeah i made an appointment with him i'm like he didn't tell you he relocated he's like nah and I'm like, well, you know, he's here now. It's like 15, 20 minutes away. If you just want to go there, I'm sure he could probably, you know, still fit you in. And he's like, no, nah, I'm already here. I, I, you know, I, I need my hair cut. Can you get me? Can you take care of me? Right. And so I cut his hair. And then, you know, long story short, been cutting his hair ever since. But, you know, one of the reasons why he was so comfortable to come to me was simply because every time he was coming in the shop, going to the other barber, I was friendly with him, having conversations with him, joking with him, roasting with him. Right. And you guys could be doing the same thing. And if you are in a shop where the environment isn't like that, uh, I would say maybe consider some other options. Like in my shop, I carry it like um, yours, Drew, where I try to make the environment super friendly. We're all welcoming. People like to come in our shop just for the environment, just because we roast each other. We roast the barbers. We roast the clients. We have fun. We're jokey. They love the environment. So, you know, strive to create that environment as well, guys, uh, in your shop. And if you're not in that environment, um, you know, consider some other options. You know what I mean? And I'm sure Drew can agree with a lot of that. Absolutely. Um. Barbers, uh, barber chair says, I always treat these walk-ins as if our dad or brother walked in, uh, walking in the door. That's super dope. 
so Drew, you've been caught for 20 years now, and uh, you are at least known to me and a lot of the barber world as the barber that can cut really quick and put out quality. You actually, uh, I don't know if it was a self name, but you, you called yourself the skilled speedster. And uh, we actually had a lot of fun I, with that. I think you gave me that name. Did I give you that name? I think you did. So guys, Drew is a super uh, fast haircutter as he's going to, you know, we're going to dive into that and he's going to share how he goes about it. But, um, a few years back, me and Drew actually had a uh, competition. We battled on Barber versus TV. Look at Drew looking like Rico Suave. Me <laughs> using my same picture I uh, my, uh, I always use for all my flyers. But um, we got to compete on the Barber versus stage. And uh, I think um, Drew will agree with me when I say that, number one. I feel like we did the, the best job when it comes to marketing it. I think we... We had a lot of fun. We trolled each other. We roasted. The marketing was great. Uh, Robert said I was there. Um, Todd said I remember when y'all battled. And it was fun leading up to it. So then when we competed, uh, y'all got an opportunity to witness Drew in action. And I got an opportunity to witness Drew in action. Drew went crazy. He took home the W. He did three haircuts compared to my one haircut that I did, which... You know, it, that was a it was a super dope strategy because I knew going in, bro, that you were going to do two. And I think that was your plan. But then when you seen you had the extra time, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to cut Jesse, too. Right? right. And I thought your strategy was so dope because, you know, I when I look back on it, I did everything I wanted to do. And, I, you know, because my goal was to demonstrate what I could do. I d- demonstrate some design, some fading, some clipper work. You know, um, a clipper over comb, some scissor over comb, some beer work to demonstrate all that. And then my goal was to, um, to, 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 to motivate and inspire the people that were tuning in. Right. So I was, I, I was happy on how I executed my strategy. And, you know, obviously after the battle, the, the competitor in me was like, you know, I should have won that. I got robbed. You know what I mean? I got an opportunity to feel like I felt like every barber at every barber battle for the first time in my life. I'm like, yo, bro, I got robbed. Right. Yeah. But then when I, you know, the next day and then afterwards, when, when I look back at it, I'm like, I, the right man won that competition because I just think that your strategy worked way better than mine. And the way you came about and handled it, like you, you did your thing, you know what I mean? And you fit in, um, you fit in all those haircuts. They were clean haircuts. Um, you, you really showed out and you did an awesome job. So I, I don't remember, I'm, I'm sure I gave you your flowers, but you know, this is just another opportunity for me to give you your flowers for doing your damn thing in that competition because you you showed that you you really were the skilled speedster to be able to put out you know that quality in the, in that time you know what i'm saying appreciate that no it was how it did was, you how did you feel about the, the whole thing like it was, when it was, it was all really said and done fun. um it was really fun i thought that you know i i definitely think that you know we had a hundred people in there that night yeah, so it was super high. And what one what people don't realize is that battling, no matter what your strategy is, is never going to be what you can do in the shop. Okay, in the shop you have your life. You so, like you know, a lot of people, a lot of people show up to battles and they say, "Oh, I'm disappointed because what I see his work look like online looks one way, and what I saw today was different." And you know, oh, he's not as fast as he says he is, or 
that design isn't as clean as, you know, um, you know, as it, as I've seen him do before. And the reason for that is this, your house, when you're at your house, the way you have things set up to your liking, to, to what you're used to, it's not the same as going to a hotel. You go to a hotel, you're sleeping different. The TV's in a different spot. Your bathroom's in a different spot. Things aren't where you like them. Takes you a little, a little bit longer to go through your daily. It's the same thing in a battle, in a, in a barber battle setting. There's no lighting. It's dark. Even if you got a, if you got a hundred people in a, in a thousand square foot space, it's going to get hot. So now not only are you hot, but your client is hot. So I don't know. The ring lights are just beaming on people, heating them up too. My, My models were sweating. Yeah. You know, so now you're cutting through sweat. Imagine just being in your shop on a normal day. It's a hundred degrees outside. Your client comes in, he's sweaty. And you're, 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 you're telling him, Hey, look, man, you're just too sweaty. I got to cool you down in a, in a barber battle setting. You don't have the opportunity to do that. So I feel like the strategy was there. I did. I accomplished what I wanted to. Um, I thought the haircuts could have been a little bit better. However, I was proud of what I was able to do in an hour time. Um, you know, working off of a, a little table with no mirror, it's terrible. you know, it's, it's so hard, you, bro. you know, it's, it's very hard and people don't realize how much it really takes out of you to really put, um, to really put best your, you know, put your best work forward when you got a hundred people watching you and it's hot, sweaty, and it's less than likely condition. So my hat's off to you. My hat's off to everybody that I've ever battled, been in competition with, uh, win, lose, or draw. I think everybody who goes there and puts themselves and makes themselves vulnerable and pushes themselves to be better in that setting. I think that we're all winners at the end of the day. I agree, bro. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was, um, that was the second time I competed. The first time I competed was back before I was Marvy Marv Barbers. And, uh, I went to the universal barber expo, um, with, with a couple people from my shop and my partner. Right. And we weren't even set to compete. But um, they needed to fill up spots. So they're like, you know, anybody interested in competing, you know, let us know, blah, blah, blah. So we were like, you know what? Let's just do it. We're here. Let's just find somebody and, and we'll do it. Right. So we did the tag team um, competition and we found a model from the crowd. And, uh, you know, we he didn't have the best hair, especially knowing what I know now is God awful. Right. <laughs> so we get on the stage and uh, it was a tag team competition. Now, do you know who Robin Cuts is? I don't know. I'm not familiar. Okay. So, right. I, I'll tell you a little bit about him in a minute, but so we're on the stage, we're competing and it's tag team. So I was supposed to do the one side in whatever time they gave me, then my partner do the other side. Right. So they start the clock. I start off. So I got the, you know, adrenaline rush. You know how that comes. I'm going, I'm moving quicker than I should. I'm trying to blaze it up, make the design look clean. I'm going in, I'm looking at it. It's looking decent. I'm not too satisfied with it, but I'm like, all right, I got to clean it up, whatever. Right. So then the timer goes off to where we got to switch. Right. And he's like, time, switch, switch, barber, switch barbers. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I drop my clippers, bro. I turn around and I look this dude, Robin cuts in the same time where I'm doing some like squiggles and stuff, bro had like the whole statue of Liberty with like <laughs> mixed in with the American flag, bro, cutting somebody's hair. So as soon as I seen that, I'm like, bro, this is we're done you know what i mean so then my my partner did his thing and and you know obviously we got we got spanked um 
But then I left from that, and I, I really enjoyed the uh, adrenaline rush. I enjoyed the competitiveness of it. So on the way home, I'm like, yo, I'm going back. I'm doing that again. you know. But um, then I just kind of, after sleeping on it, thought about it. I just, I, I thought, and I'm like, is this really the path I want to go down? The, the battling, battling thing? Or do I want to be the person that it, it sets up some shows and sets up the battles themselves? So that, you know, obviously I took that route and I did New York right. State Barber Expo twice. I did uh Barber's Fest too. Um, so I did three events where I did some battles and stuff. But I'll tell you what, that was, that was insane the first time doing it. And then doing it with you was insane as well. Cause that to me was even on a bigger platform. Cause we had all the people in the room looking directly at you. We was yeah. online. Barber versus was hot at the moment. Right. Um, you know, it, it was, it was a good time though, bro. For no, sure. Definitely. And like one thing I could tell you, bro, one thing that I still enjoy to this day is going to a barber battle that I have no responsibilities at and yeah. just watching, you know, the people do their thing because there's talent you know, OG started a year ago, six months. Sometimes you can't even tell the difference. These guys nowadays are coming into the game so talented. Crazy, um, bro. That it's just crazy. Like some of the things that I've been able to see while going to some of these shows and really get an opportunity to just, you know, sit there and watch and observe and learn. It's like some of these guys are crazy, man. I don't even know that I would survive uh uh you know in, in this climate that we're at now with these barbers these guys are amazing yeah bro and i always say to the beginner barbers and newer barbers that are trying to learn how to pick up their speed or you know increase the quality of the cuts and um learn different techniques and stuff like that go to these barber shows and barber battles even if you're not competing just go there get as close as you can and watch just right. watch do your best to, to absorb what's happening. Um, if you're in a setting where the barber's moving calm, cool, and collected and is like chill and vibing with the crowd, maybe ask the barber some questions. If it's one of them environments where it's really not the, the time to be asking them questions, wait till they get off the stage, ask some questions. You know, why'd you use the clipper to do that? You know, what guards were you using? You know, why'd you use that technique to do that? And you'll start to pick up little, you know, tidbits to help your overall cutting skill so I, I think there's benefit in that i definitely you know, to, the, the competition. To, your, to your point on that too is you'll have some people that listen to what you just said there and they'll they'll get better they'll learn they'll take the advice and they'll seek that out throughout their career and they will grow and expand and then you'll have the other ones and this is what really gets me is that it's like well i'm not gonna i do the same thing that he does I cut hair every day the same way he does. I'm not going to spend my time at a barber show. I'm not going to go ask somebody questions. I cut hair. I make money. Okay, that's great. Listen, there's so much to learn in this game from the day you start to the middle of your career, towards the end of your career, whenever that may be. We all know we all have a limit on we know how long we want to cut and for some of us, that could be 20 years. Some of us could be 10, 5, whatever your game plan is. But if you're not picking up and you're not learning, then I don't really understand because I know I'm passionate about what I do. And my passion elevates far beyond just the money. The money's great, but I love learning. I love, uh, uh, you know, I love kicking it with you guys on the road and really getting to um, get into conversation and kind of, you know, learning how you do it and maybe maybe the conversation leads beyond cutting hair and we get to talk about how are we investing our money or how are we making our money work for us those kind of conversations 
shit, I just uh, maybe a year ago, um, I was sitting home and I said, you know what? I want to go and see Los Cudits' new spot, the headquarters. So oh, I flew fire. I, I've only seen it online, but it's yeah. so fire. I flew myself out there and, yeah. you know, went and spent the day with them. Uh, not, you know, we've always been cool. We're not particularly uh, close friends. We don't talk every day, but I hit them up. Hey, bro, look, I'd love to come see your studio. You know, what day is good for you? You know, I'd love to come kick it to you, kick it with you, pick your brain. Um, and I'm 20 years in. And, you know, I still have, you know, that fire in me that wants to learn more, wants to grow. I want to see how could I maybe have something or do something what he's doing here in Tampa, you know. So growing is as, as much a part of the game. Growing, you know, mentally is just as important as growing inside the shop. Mm, I absolutely love that. And I agree a, a hundred million percent. When when I think about the barber shows, I, I'm in a spot now in my career and in my life where I plan on cutting back a lot moving forward. Uh, but, bro, I've been, you know, the same thing with you. For me, it's been the last, you know, eight years, nine years that I've been going to shows, traveling, networking, um, sitting in classes, um, kicking it with people b- before the event, after the event. Uh, so my strategy is going to be a little different moving forward after, you know, doing it for so long, but right. I-, I could never not acknowledge how much of an impact going to these shows has made on me, my career, how much it's just helped in every way, shape or form. And I think the reason why it's been able to work for people like me and like you is because we go there, uh, with an intention, Right. Like we go there to 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 work, to network, to to learn. We don't just go to these events to see people take pictures and then post the pictures online and say, yo, you know, what I mean, doing big things, ran into Ismar, Marv, dope, you know. So I, I would love to share some of my advice. But I, I, since I got you on the platform, what would be your advice to the the up and comer that? Is like, you know what? I do want to go to some of these shows or maybe the up and comer that has been to a show or two and was like, yeah, I don't really know if I'm going to go back because the barbers were just Hollywood there and some of them didn't even want to take pictures or they seemed like they, they were too good. So I'm not going back. What would be your advice to the, to the up and comer? I mean, I think I think that if you if you let those type of things affect you, um, then I think that that's the kind of things that, that are probably holding you back. Um, in life. I mean, I have a, I have a story that I can tell you, um, where I went to my first barber battle here in Tampa and there was a guy there that he was doing great things early on beast. We all know him had dropped his first, uh, DVD. Remember when the DVDs were hot back then dropping mm-hmm. DVD, doing big things. And, um, you know, I wanted I wanted to, to, to talk to him. I wanted to, to pick his brain. I wanted to introduce myself, and he walked right past me, bro. And um, mm. and I was like, you know, like didn't even give me the time of day. Um, you know, and, and like, damn, you know, like. But if I told you today, that's that's probably one of my closest friends, somebody that I talk to, um, you know, every other day whether we exchange a text, something on IG, hit each other up, work together. Um, definitely somebody that, that I've grown, um, to really, you know, look up to him. Um, he's somebody who helps me out a lot. And 
had I had taken what I got from that, what people don't realize is there's so many moving parts to a battle, especially mm -hmm. when you're the main focal point, right? When you're the person that they're building the show around, there's a hundred people trying to talk to you, trying to take a picture with you, or there's a hundred people in your ear. Hey, you need to go over here. We need you on the mic over here. We need you in this section over here. Hey, you need to sign, you know, you got a book out, you got merchandise that you're selling. Somebody's talking to you. There's a million different things going on that if I would have interpreted that as this dude's just being a prick, right? He's just being an asshole. And this is who he is. I would have never got a chance to link up with them and have the relationship that I have with them today. And the thing about it is, is that you can't be so in your mind about those type of things. You got to get to a point where you're not taking no for an answer. Yo, what's up, man? Hey, look, I've really been wanting to talk to you at that point. If you get a shitty response, then you know, you at least gave it your best shot. You tried or whatnot, but you'll find that most of I've found that most of the people in this industry, like yourself, like a uh, Pacino's, an Angel Rawls, a Jesse Lima, a Bones the Goat. These guys are such great people, bro. Such great human beings, people that will help you, um, motivate you, be there for you, um, you know, help you with whatever you need, show up to your shows. All you got to do is just show some interest because those guys are so passionate about what they're doing that um, it's just incredible, bro. Like this whole, the whole journey for me has just been awesome from my first barber battle to the one we just did last year um, where I saw you in Connecticut. It's just, it's, it's been a ride. It's been great. But if I, I would say definitely show up, um, get, get to it, uh, go there, learn, sit in on classes, be open-minded, meet people. Some of the people that are on stage are not always the people that you need to link up with. There's people That's in the crowd there that are equally as influential, right? You may, you may have somebody that's attending the show that ends up working with you, working for you or giving you an opportunity to work. Um, so it's not always about just showing up to see who's on the flyer, uh, showing up and just, you know, really opening yourself up to take it all in is really what the most important thing is. I think. Yeah, I absolutely agree hundred percent. And, and would add onto that, like, Bro, start conversations with everybody because you just never know who you're going to vibe with. You never know who's going to become who you, you just don't know. And there have been so many times where I've been at events where I have this Marvy Marv Barber's social media influence where people are excited to see me. And I'm having a conversation with somebody that may not have that online presence or online influence, but they're beasts in real life, bro. Like, you know, they own eight shops, own two schools, you know what I'm saying? Like own a bunch of real estate and people come up to me and they want to take pictures with me and have a conversation with me. And I'm like, yo, this is my homie. So-and-so they, they, Hey, what's up, man? Nice to meet you. So Marv. And it's right back to me. And then after the conversation's over, they keep moving. Don't even want to talk to that person no more. Right. And I'm they just thinking like, you don't even know how much game that that person has because they don't have a K next to their following account right. online. You just completely dismiss them. So, you know, I would say when you're at these events and you're going there, you know, do your best to mingle and, and, and converse with everybody. You, you can learn something from so many people there, you know, content creation on social media is a skill, but not everybody has that. And just because they don't have that skill doesn't mean they can't help you in so many other ways. There's so many talented individuals in our community of barbers, bro, that like 
that's the one the one thing that I, I love going to Connecticut because I feel like everybody gravitates towards that show, especially, yeah. you know, the Grammys and all that. And when you really get a chance to look back and get to see who we have in our community of people, I mean, look, at the end of the day, people will tell you, I'm cutting hair because I love it. I'm so passionate about it and the quality that I put out and, you know, um, you know, passion over everything else and, and all this and, and all of that is great. It, it, it sounds it, great. It, it sounds amazing. Yeah. But when you can go to a dealership and buy a car off of your passion, let me know. When you can buy a house off of your passion, let me know. Health insurance starts taking passion for payment. Let me know. So the idea of what I'm getting at is this business, we get into this business and we get so involved in this business because this business does not have to be a stepping stone. I'm so like, like that's one thing that irritates me the most when I hear people go, well, I'm just going to cut hair until I can get to the next thing. Yeah, that's like that new new age, yeah. younger barber I'm mindset. I'm yeah. going to cut hair, but I'm also going to do this. Well, let me tell you, my best advice for you is if you get 50% cutting hair, and 50% selling insurance. Guess what? You're going to get 50% result from cutting hair and 50% result from selling insurance. Neither one of them you're going to elevate at because you can't, you're not dedicating yourself to any one thing. Cutting hair is an easy, you know how when they say when you're a kid, and this is what I tell my barbers, when, they, when you're a kid and, and you get a bad report card and the teacher says, all you got to do is show up. And, and and behave and listen and you'll get a C. You'll get at least a C. It's mediocre. To me, a six-figure career in barbering is simply doing what you're supposed to do. It's mm -hmm. a C. Okay? A six-figure career in barbering means you showed up, you had a good attitude, you made yourself available, you didn't tell the barbershop owner what his hours should be and what hours you're available. You work whatever the barbershop's hours are, okay? If you work whatever hours are laid out for you to work and you don't pick and choose what clients you're going to take as walk-ins, oh, I don't want to cut kids. Uh, I don't want to cut older men. I don't want to do an undercut on a female. If that's the way you start out your career, you're going to have a failing report card as a barber. Mm. You come in, you find somebody in the barbershop that you see is doing it right, whether that be the owner, the manager, somebody that's been there a long time, somebody that can help you progress as a barber. You come in, you're on time, you have a good attitude, you're willing, your, your shop closes at 7, somebody comes in at 6.30, you don't turn that person away, you take that person. Guess what you're going to end up with at the end of the year? You're going to end up finding that you have a $100,000 career as a barber. It's just that simple. It's not very hard. So when people, people make this big old thing, I'm not making any money as a barber. You have to, I almost feel, have you ever thought this? You're talking to somebody and you feel like that barber would rather you tell them, I'm just better than you. Mm -hmm. I feel like that sometimes. I feel like, like the barber is making so many excuses that what they really want to hear is, you know what? You know why you're not doing what I'm doing? Because I'm just better than you. The reality of it is, no, I'm not just better with, than you. At anything. The thing about it that they don't want to hear is, is they don't want to hear they're not doing enough. 
They're not doing what they're supposed to do. Because when you sit back and look at it, I can tell anybody who walks up to me in my shop and goes, hey, man, I'm not making any money. Okay, cool. You're not making any money. You took two two-hour lunch breaks on mm-hmm. Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, you were supposed to close on Thursday. I found out you left at 5.30. You were supposed to work till 8. Uh, somebody else in the shop told me that they came in at uh, 6.30. We don't close until 7.30, but you decided that you were done. You didn't want to take any more walk-ins. You've done enough for the day. These are all things that contribute to your career as a barber being a failure, right? So you have to take a look at yourself. And I think that's the hardest thing for all of us to do, whether we're year one, year five, we're an owner, even as an owner, I've had to really over the last eight years, I've had to look back at myself and go, was I wrong in that situation? Could I have done more for that person? Um, could, could the situation have gone differently? And I, I'd like to take criticism from all my barbers. When we have meetings, the meeting is not just for me to address some issues. But yeah, it's and scold everybody. It's you got to take the garbage out. It, it's for them to have their opportunity to address me in situations that I should learn and grow from because that's also part of my income as well. And I have to treat myself as a business at all times. I have to look at what can I do? to help myself grow. And so I think that that's what happens when people um, say that there's no money in barbering or I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do that. Listen, if you want to be a barber and you're passionate about it, show your passion by getting in there behind the chair and doing your work. And if you do your work, you're going to see that you don't need to go to something else to support yourself. You can make a really good living right here doing what we do every single day. Mm. Barbers, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure you take a screenshot, share it to your story, tag me and Drew in it, so that way we can show you guys some love. And make sure you head over to the barber store when you get a second, man. Check out all the cool merch I got in the store. I got hats, I got hoodies, I got t-shirts, I got a whole bunch of barbering apparel that I know you're going to love, so make sure you pick up some of that. And check out my interactive social media course too, man. You guys are going to love that course. If you value social media and content creation and all that, and marketing and all of that stuff, make sure you check out my social media course, my Booked Up Barber Masterclass, and my TikTok Crash Course, and more, man. And you can check it all out at itsmarvymarv.com. So with that being said, let's get back into the episode. Barbers, I need y'all to flood the chat with some gems. There's a whole lot up in there. There's a whole lot to uh, unpack and definitely want to elaborate on some more of that. Barbers, drop the gems in the chat. If you don't already follow Drew the Barber on Instagram, make sure you follow him there. Hit the like button on this video. Subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying this conversation and want to see more like it. And uh, take a screenshot of this and share it to your story at some point. Um, if you guys are enjoying the conversation, and make sure you tag um, me and Drew in it so that way we can show you some love. And as you see, I love it. You guys are, are showing the gems. I love it. I love it. Drew snapped right there. I'm just like, bro, is, bro is, 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 is speaking to my spirit, man, because everything you just said is, is 100% facts, you know? And it's unfortunate when you see so many barbers who may come into this industry and think that, you know, the reason that they're not growing how they should or the reason they're not making as much money as they should is, <laughs> is because the, their fades aren't blurry enough yet. 
And and, and it's like, you know what? I, I Maybe I just need to get this clipper now. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. maybe if I get this trimmer now, it, it's going to take me to the next level. But it, it's like you said, it, or maybe it's you just coming to the shop on time, staying, staying in the shop, you know, your scheduled hours and not leaving early because it's slow. Like barbers don't realize how many potential clients they miss out on just by simply coming in late or leaving early. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the shop as an owner uh, where, you know, some, one of my barbers or some of my barbers decide they were coming a little later because they had nobody on their schedule or they decided to leave a little bit early because they had nobody on their schedule. And then as soon as they leave, two minutes later, a walk-in or two comes in. Right. And you guys just you never know what you're you could be potentially missing out on because you don't see it like you're not there to see the walk ins that came. You know what I mean? Or even if you're the last person to leave a little bit early and you close and lock the door, you leave. You don't see that person that comes up, peeks in to see if you're open and then leaves and goes to the next shop. So, you know, of course, you want to get your fades blurrier. Of course, you want to invest in a quality clipper. But uh, aside from that, you want to make sure you're doing a lot of what. I, 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 everything that Drew just said to do when it comes to carrying yourself and, as a barber. And I think that the proof more honestly is like, and this is what, what gets me every time. And I, I kind of try to point this out throughout the years. Um, when instances like this pop up is like, you'll have somebody that, that comes in and will try to, they will, they will try to, to, to gain, um, how would I say it? They'll try to influence the people that are working in the shop that, Hey, you know, I'm not making any money here. This is not what I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And then they work there. They're not really making any money, but the same, uh, that person leaves, another person comes in and another person buys into what you're trying to teach them. And all of a Mm -hmm. sudden they're making two grand a week. How Mm -hmm. is that possible? So the thing about it is that's why I say you have to take a look at yourself. I've seen this over the years so many times. It's not a matter if, if you can make it or not, it's, do you really have the will in it to make it work? And you have to put your best foot forward. If you're going to see, the problem is, is that people treat our industry as if like, it, you know, Oh, like if it, it, you could just walk all over it, like, Oh, well, you know, Hey, um, I'm going to become a barber, but I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. Or, right. Reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Reinvent the wheel. Listen, this is what works. Okay. Right. Now, how you try to add your own spin onto what works, more power to you because I guarantee you, if you're somebody who comes into the shop and at least just listen and buys into what I'm trying to teach you, I'm going to be watching you to see how you grow so that I can learn from you. And that's just how, that's just, that is how we get better because there's always going to be a, 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 a Marvy Marv or a Bones or somebody who has to start out somewhere. And then that person is going to be the, the one that's really ends up influencing the community 10 years down the road. So, mm-hmm. you know, just because I'm so many years in the people that come in and work with me, they teach me so much on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? I have, I have one person in my shop who is a little bit older than me that teaches me so much on a life level. He's just lived simply lived more life than me. He's just wise with the bars. Yeah. And, and, and so, when I, I enjoy because there's nothing I can give him. He's financially stable. He was in the military 20 plus years. He's retired, but he treats cutting hair how he treated being in the military. He doesn't change on his time. He comes in. There's nothing 
that I can really do for him. See, one of the things that I like to do as an owner is I don't really get any gratification anymore off of how fast I can do haircuts. I know that I can do that. That's what I've built my career off of. I know what I'm going to make in terms of my financial, you know, obligation. I know what I'm going to make and what needs to be dispersed in that because I've been doing it for so long. But how, what do I get out of somebody who I can't teach anything to barbering wise? I can allow him to teach me. And so mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that, that I like about having someone like that in my shop is that he's helped me grow so much as a man, as a, as a husband, as a father. And that's what I think mm. the special thing about the barbershop is, is that there's so many different aspects to what you can learn from somebody and to put all the emphasis on like, who's doing the best haircuts and mm. he's the mm. fastest one in the shop or he's charging this much. There's so much we can teach each other that to just limit it to that, you're missing the whole point. Right. The mm-hmm. barbershop community and everybody in it and and having a barbershop, being an owner or working in a barbershop with a team. There's so many different aspects of that and how you can grow that just limiting it to one thing. Uh, I think you're sh- you're really short, uh, short changing yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I absolutely love that. And uh, the some of what you just said is what I always say to people when they um are always asking me, you know, should I go to a shop that's booth rent or commission? And I'm like, you're just looking at the, you're looking at the surface, right? Like you're looking at the, the wrong thing, man, because there's just too many variables. What I always say is go to the shop where you have the opportunity to, to, to grow the most, where you can experience the most growth and growth. Isn't just uh, a financial it's growth in so many other ways, but even financial, you know, if we're talking commission booth rent, I'm sure, you know, there's plenty of examples of you can go work at a shop, pay 150 booth rent, make 700 bucks a week, or you go to shop and pay 500 a week in commission and make two grand a week. Right. So even there's just so many variables, but the the most important thing to take away um, is, is that when you're looking to work in a shop, to the best of your ability, try to go to a space where you do have an opportunity to to grow, where you're surrounded by people that can help you in, in a lot of different ways, where the environment is welcoming, where the environment is an environment you can go to, you look forward to going to, you know what I'm saying? In an environment where you could um, make some money as a barber. And that that's a lot of places, you know what I mean? I, I love when barbers will say to me, uh, you know, I'm thinking about leaving the shop and go to another one. It just doesn't seem like it's busy enough. And I'm not really making no money. And I, one of the first questions I always ask them is, you know, is there any other busy barbers in there? And, it, you know, a lot of times like, you know, yeah, there's a couple that are booked up, of, you know, me and a few others. We ain't making no money. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's just so interesting because it's like, bro, if we're in the shop and I'm over here. And I'm cutting nonstop every day, you know, and you're six feet away on the other side. And you're sitting scrolling on your phone every day. And you ain't got nobody in your chair. You don't think that maybe it might be a, a, a difference in what we're bringing to the table each and every day. That's yeah. the determinant factor as the reason why I'm busy and you're not. You know, right. because I remember one time back in the day, just years ago, um, I was listening to a conversation with one of my barbers years ago. And I'm 
I was busy. Like this is when like I'm in the shop all day, you know, full time. Some of this other stuff I'm doing, I wasn't doing. So I'm booked, swamped for the day, and I'm cutting hair. And I remember it was so interesting because my client was like, you know, how you been? How's you know everything? And I'm like, you know, it's just busy, swamped today, just doing my best to stay on time, get everybody in. And then I remember it was a few minutes later, one of my barbers had a client come in, one of his first clients of the day, and the client sat down and the client asked him the same thing. It was like, you know, how you been? How, how's everything? He's like, yeah, shop's slow today. Just, you know, ain't it, it's slow. It just, you know, trying to figure out how I'm going to, you know, make some money, blah, 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 right? And I, that moment was just so interesting to me because I'm like, we're both in the same exact environment at, at the same exact time. And I'm saying that I, it's busy. He's saying it's slow. And we're both right. You right. know what I mean? We're both right. Right. But the reason why I'm busy and he's slow is because, you know, we're, we're conducting ourselves in, in, in two totally different ways. So, and, you know, with all that being said, I know Drew's ready to, to, to snap on y'all. Yeah. You, you want to make sure you're doing the things right and, and, and taking accountability and looking in the mirror and asking yourself, are you doing everything you're supposed to be doing? And the, and the thing about that to, to go to just piggyback off of what you're saying is we have something now that is really so much more resourceful to us. Um, that you see people not using with, when you have something like this, there's no reason why you should be slow. And mm. I say that because being somebody who started cutting hair prior to an Instagram, to Twitter, to YouTube, to, um, you know, Facebook live or Facebook ads, we literally had to spend a portion of what we made that day in paper copied flyers. Mm-hmm. I remember I had so business cards and going out to places where there's people that you can give these things to, which would be nightclubs and using the nightclub as your networking, um, you know, your place to network, which would be walking around, um, engaging with people, buying people drinks, telling people what you do, handing them business cards, putting flyers up in the bathroom, standing out. Um, in the streets at night, um, you know, wherever your downtown might be, wherever there's activity, concerts, um, really spending time, your personal time, handing things that you knew were going to get thrown on the floor, thrown in the trash can. But you were so you were so willing to do it because you wanted it so bad. And nowadays we have all of these platforms for these barbers to come in. We have all of these gym talks and and all of these other classes going on to teach you how to bring people in to the barbershop to come see you without you ever stepping foot outside. Mm -hmm. And so I find it funny that, you know, people won't even sit there and get on their phones and promote themselves, but then want to talk about why the shop is slow. It's slow because you're just simply not doing what you're supposed to do. It's just like you said, I tell my wife this all the time. I say, hey, listen, I'm not worried about anything that happens or comes our way in terms of if we ever have to leave Tampa, if we need to move, whether that be because of family or because of her job. If I ever need to leave here, I know that with what I can, what I've been able to accomplish in this game, I know that I can go to any city, any state, link up mm -hmm. with anyone started a barbershop and within a week continue my career ain't that so dope bro and, and that's because i know 
what I bring to the table, like you said, you had the barber six feet away from you, you know what you bring to the table, he's got to take a look at himself and realize why am I not doing what he's doing? We're in the same place. I can go anywhere and put in the work because I know I'm going to make myself available to the clients first thing in the morning. I'm going to take clients to the very last minute that I can, that the owner will allow me to. And if you think that these are all just things that I'm saying uh, and not things that I apply, my schedule is very hectic right now. And if you reached out, anybody on this live wants to reach out to anybody who works for me and find out who those people are and ask them, what time am I at work when my shop opens at 11 o'clock in the morning because I'm inside of a mall? What time does Drew get to work in the morning? I'm at work at eight o'clock in the morning, whether I'm just getting off a plane the night before, whether I got home at one o'clock in the morning, driving from my Orlando job, eight o'clock in the morning, I'm in the barbershop the next day. I make no excuses. This is what I chose to do. This is my career. This is how I feed my kids. This is how I provide for my household, for my wife. And I'm not going to make any excuses when it comes to my work schedule. I can't be too tired. Tired is not an option, okay? Because this is what I signed up to do. These are my clients. This is my responsibility as a professional. And this is what I need to do in order to be successful. And so I take my job seriously. And I think that if, like Stilo said, we have a lack of professionalism in the game these days because it has become very trendy to be a barber. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that I've seen so many talented barbers that have so many skills that could do such great things that are making no money. They're not making any money. And it's mm-hmm. because they have the wrong view on the game. They're not concentrating on what's really important. So they're not able to get to that next level because their concentration is all about me, 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 me. Right. And the me, me, me is that I need to be the best barber. I need to, to, the, the cuts have to be perfect. The cuts need to be Instagram worthy. The cuts need to be like, if I'm competing, who are you competing against? Right. Who are you competing against? Because you're not going to get any of the other barbers that are doing the same thing you're doing in your area those guys aren't lined up to come and watch you cut hair. They're not lined up to come and sit in your chair. Hell, some of them won't even engage with you and you're in there in your own city. See what mm. I'm saying? So you're trying so hard to impress that you just spent two hours on a haircut and I just did four or five haircuts. You see what mm. I'm saying? So, okay. You made a hundred dollars. I just made $300. I just made $150. So you got to figure out how you can, you should have passion, but you should also take this seriously enough to make a career out of it so that you're not kicking yourself in the ass five years down the road. You need to leave the profession and go work a a, a nine to five at state farm or, or, or go back to school and get another degree because this didn't work for you. It didn't work for you because you didn't want to listen. Hmm. Barbers, drop gems in the chat, man. And, and again, if you don't follow Drew already, make sure you follow um, him on IG. Subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying this conversation. Take a screenshot, guys, so that way you can share it to your story afterwards. Hit the like button if you're enjoying it. Um, it always helps us with the algorithm. Drew, I love how you um, – there's a few things I want to tap uh, uh, piggyback off of, but I love how you said how you can relocate and go anywhere and, and, and build. Right. And I think what's so dope about that is because as a barber who develops a skill set 
and, and, and you get good and you know what you're uh, doing, you can do that, right? You can go anywhere and, and build from scratch. But what makes it even easier is like what we were saying earlier, going to these shows and connecting with people and networking, right? And, and knowing barbers from all of these different areas, right? Like you were saying the same thing with me. If I decided, you know what, I want to move tomorrow. Wherever in the United States, and probably a lot of places in the world, right? But more so the United States, if I'm like, I want to move to Texas, I want to move to Florida, you know, I'm not moving to California, right? So that's out the window. I love you, Cali, but I'm not coming out there, right? But if I'm trying to move anywhere and I'm like, you know, who got a chair for me, bro, the inbox is going to be flooded with opportunities because not just because of my social media guy, social media plays a part, sure, but because of the 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 time i spent networking and shaking hands and having conversations with people when i go to these events you know so that's another reason why you can go to some of these events and 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 how you can go to these events and, and leverage them is by just connecting with people from all over the world because you never know where life is going to bring you maybe four years from now you want to relocate and now it's like all right i'm moving here and then now you have a job as soon as you move and if that doesn't work out you have more as soon as you move because i love it network. i love it when you get around people outside of the profession and you know like you know we all have friends that friends and family that do different things that have went to college uh nurses doctors lawyers and you hear them talk about how they got their opportunities a lot of times you'll hear the word fraternity right mm -hmm. who has a bigger fraternity than the fraternity of barbers mm -hmm. who who has a bigger networking pool because we got every, we got everything and everybody. Okay. We got people, you know, think about it. We, we impact the music industry. We impact the professional athlete industry, whether it be MLB, um, MLB, WWE, WWE NFL, um, soccer. Um, we cut lawyers, doctors, I mean, I feel like I'm the first person anybody calls in my area when they got into a car accident or they, they, they need a, a dentist or they need to buy a car or they need to buy a house or, hey, um, you know, uh, you know, anybody who's got any tickets to a Bucks game or, hey, my kid would really like an autograph. You know what I mean? Like we our fraternity of people is so vast that if you're not getting to know the people that are standing right next to you when you're at a show then, you know, what are you doing? Because, man, I, I can tell you, I can reach out to almost anybody if I need a favor. And everybody's been super great. Um, and, you know, look, I, I try to pay that forward as much as I can. Um, you know, I try to help as many people as I can. I think that's really what keeps me around and doing what we're doing. Because me and you were having the conversation earlier. If you think we're going to these barber shows and we're just showing up and we're making a ton of money, I think Marv is going to tell you, like I'm going to tell you, that's completely false. Okay. When you want to talk about passion, we're really, we're actually doing ourselves a disservice by showing up to some of these shows and standing on the stages. We're actually there to help people and mm -hmm. to help grow. And it's the mentality that we're talking about now. That's the real value in the shows. The real value in the shows is the relationships that you make. It's not the compensation. You know what I mean? I've had people tell me, oh, well, you wouldn't even be here. You wouldn't even be talking. You wouldn't even be at this show if you weren't getting paid. Listen, I wouldn't want to show you what I'm getting paid because <laughs> if I showed you what I was getting paid in comparison to what I could actually make if I just was at my shop working a full day, 
then I've lost a ton of money because I got to fly out here the day before I got to stay here two days. I got to pay for food. I got to go out to dinner. I got to do my morning routine, you know, whatever that is, coffee, breakfast, whatever it is, gym, find a gym, wherever, whatever anybody's in particular daily function is, you got to do all of that, show up to the shows. You're actually losing money. Um, not, not to mention quality time here at the family. Everybody talks about quality. What about the quality time you're spending mentally for yourself and with your kids and your wife and how Mm. much strain does that put on our relationships by going to these shows? So it kind of irks me when I hear people say there's no value in the shows or he's just here because he's getting a check. Eh, You know what I'm saying? Um, that's not entirely true. Mm hmm. You know, I, I agree. I, I agree with all of that. And it's it, uh, again earlier when I was saying how I'm cutting back a lot next year, it's because a lot of those, you know, reasons and just Mari Mars price doesn't have to go up now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. just once you learn and you navigate through this thing, you start to see, you know, w- w- OK, if I'm going to leave from the comfort of my home, I'm home right now in my little office space. My wife's downstairs. You know, my daughters are in school, right? I'm home. I'm comfortable. And I'm in a position now where I can make money from home, right? right. Literally from home or being in the shop cutting hair, right? If I'm going to leave from that, uh, and, and, and travel and get up early to hop on a flight and wait in the TSA line is supposed to be shorter, but it's long this morning for some reason, and then have to get padded down and then have to, you know, uh, squeeze next and cramp to somebody like somebody on the airplane and then get hit with a three out three and a half hour layover. Like I just did going to Fort Myers to go to Boom's Gala, you know, and then have to wait on Ubers and all this extra stuff, bro, the price got to go up now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, you, you start to learn navigating through this, like, man, just a lot of times if, if we're just doing it strictly for financial reasons, it's just not not worth it but when you have a bigger purpose and you're you're going to like truly help people and connect with people and, and and those reasons that's what makes it worth it so you know that's why you've seen me at so many shows and and drew at so many shows because we're there just doing our best to empower people inspire people and help people it's not because we're making millions by being at the shows i i, I promise you that you know and um with that being said, I want kind of want to shift the conversation a little bit, Drew, because I see some people asking about, you know, like Drew's haircutting system and, and things like that. So I want to do some uh, talking about hair. So I, the, right. the 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 que- one question I got for you is I want to know some of your thoughts on like at least what I see the current state of how the barbering wor- landscape appears at least online in this little Instagram world that so many people are tapped into. We have there's like the battle of the time taking your time to put out quality barber, right? That's taking at least an hour, hour and a half and straight out of barber school. They want to charge 75, $150 for a cut. We have that thing being built up. And then on the other side, you know, I I'd say, you know, people like you and people like me and breed Baza now, and there's some other people leading this charge of like, yo, you can put out quality in 20, 30 minutes, guys. You know, you don't need to have people in the chair all day. You know, you don't necessarily have to charge $100, $150 a cut to make really good money in this industry. So my question to you is, how do you feel about all of this? What would some of your advice be to the, the newer people who are coming in our, the industry and they're looking up and they're seeing, well, one barber's telling me, you know, this barber over here is getting 250 I've seen the one dude posted 260 for an edge up on a kid. So now they're like, oh, I can get 260 for an edge up on a kid. Or what should I listen to Marver Drew and try to do two, three haircuts an hour? What should I do? 
How do you feel about all that? What are some of your thoughts? My thoughts, uh, my thoughts on that, and I'm going to preface this with a, with a little um, question for, for everybody on here, right? And I want you to think about it like this. You got an Italian restaurant that you love to go to, right? But every time you go to this particular restaurant, it takes an hour and a half to two hours, okay, from start to finish. From the time they greet you at the door, sit you at the table, you're there two hours, okay, waiting on your food because the food is so good. It's so, the quality is so good. It just takes forever, right? You're sitting there, you're eating. When you get done, the bill is $150, $200, right? Same amount of time, hour, whatever. It's extremely expensive is the point. And it takes forever for your service, for the, for the entire start to finish for you to get your food. In today's society, that is not, that is not how we live in today's world. You're going to leave that restaurant. You're going to go, man, the food was amazing, but it was super expensive. And I don't have the time to spend two hours coming back here. So you know what? You know where you put that restaurant at? You put that as your special occasions restaurant. We all have those where we know we're cutting a, a portion of our time out of our day. And we're going to that maybe once a year, Valentine's Day. There's our Valentine's Day that's babe. That's where we're going to go. And we're going to have dinner because it's extremely expensive. It's great. The food is amazing. Probably the best food I've had, but it just takes forever and it's not practical. Now you got another little Italian spot down the street and you can go there. You walk in service is great. The food is not super amazing, but it's good. You enjoy it. They get you in and out. You have your meal you're gone and it's well-priced. Which one of those restaurants are you spending more money at? Do you think barbers, which one, which one is more consistent? Mm. Okay. So to me, I want to be the barber that you're going to come to four times a month. Okay. That's my goal. Every time I get a new client, I want you four times a month, which means you're coming to me every single week. You're coming to me. Okay. I'm not just going to see you. You're not just going to interrupt my schedule because it's December and it's Christmas time and you need to get a haircut with me. No, because I'm seeing you all year long. We're creating our relationship and I'm getting $250 to $300 a month off of this one person, not $100 one time a month. That to me does not, that does not increase my wealth at all. Okay. I need to see, I need to see you once a week. So that's where, where my mentality shifts. And I look at it and I go, Hey, look, I need to give, first of all, what we're not doing is we're not putting enough emphasis on what our clients actually want. Right. If you actually did the consultation properly, you'll see that they actually hated that you spent 15 minutes taking your Instagram pictures. You spent another 10 minutes putting enhancements and taking the enhancements off and putting them back on and, Oh, it's too dark there. And it doesn't look good in the camera. Mm -hmm. They don't want all that. A lot of the times people will actually leave you because you're doing all of that stuff. Okay. So you got to know it's like a light switch. You got to know when to turn the light on and when to turn it off. We all have those customers that we know, hey, look, 
not only do they want an Instagram cut, do they want a, a cut with enhancements, but they're going to pay for my time. Right. And I'm going to put that person because they're flexible and I know what they want. I'm going to put that person to a specific point on my schedule, whether it might be the first person I come in, do them a little bit early because I need content. Or maybe I say a little bit later after my schedule because I need content and because they enjoy that. But nine times out of 10, if you're actually listening to what your customer wants, your customer wants a simple, basic, good haircut because he wants to come and see you and get back to his job within an hour's time. Within that hour's time, they need to they need to schedule a haircut. They need you to be on time. You need to get your haircut. They need to get food and they need to get back to work. Right. A lot of the times these customers are coming in. They need to get a haircut. They need to pick up their kids from school because their kid has soccer practice at six o'clock. So they don't have time for your Instagram photos. They don't have time for that. So I found that if you actually take your clientele and you actually figure out what it is that they want, that is where you can start to put together See, a lot of people just say, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, whoever it is, whoever books with me, that's who I'm taking. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to charge a hundred. And however, if I can get a hundred, I'm going to get a hundred. Well, yeah, you know what? My, my schedule is like building blocks. You know what I mean? And I move people around all day, you know, schedule, scheduling appointments. They schedule with me. Um, I, I work on how, to, how I can get more people into the schedule because I know that, you know, Bob at 10 o'clock only takes me 10 minutes and, Steve at 1030 is not going to take me that long. So now I can create a 30 minute gap and bring somebody else in that schedule. You see what I'm saying? So that's how I work my schedule. And, um, you know, I believe that you don't need to, you know, you don't need to be spectacular mm -hmm. in order to have a great career cutting hair. You need to be good. You need to be efficient. There's so many more things that somebody's looking for. I've, I've literally had people come to me and go, Hey man, look, man, your other barber, he did a great job on me, but as phenomenal as the haircut was, I can't sit in a chair for an hour and 30 minutes. Right. And I then just, be 10 minutes late for the appointment yeah, when I'm already driving 20 minutes to the yeah, shop. I can't, you know? And so, you know, along the lines, I started to look at all the people that I was working with and I tried to learn from, you know, people that I have worked in their shops or people that I worked with and saw how they did it. So I started to put together my own style and my style is I want to be known as the barber that's fast, efficient, gives a good quality haircut, right? And someone who's always going to respect my client's time. So you will never rarely, will you walk into my shop and I'm running behind. Usually you'll walk into my shop and go, Hey man, I thought your schedule was full. Oh, it, it is full. Well, you're sitting down. Yeah. That's because 10 o'clock I did them and he's already gone. It's mm. 10. 15. He's already mm. out. I'm waiting on 10 30 now. Okay. And so that's, that's, and I've been able to build a great career doing that because yeah. people know they can rely on me. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I work for them, not for me. I work yeah. for, I work for the client. And I think we forget that, you know, like you can't, you can't just, the, not every client is made to be your model. A lot of people don't even want all that stuff. And we put on Instagram and taking all that time. So you got to ask yourself, what are we doing this for? Is it really about the quality? Do you really care that much about your client's quality? You see what I'm saying? Like, because at the end of the day, that person doesn't want what you're doing to them. So you're doing what you want to do on them. Mm -hmm. Right. 
That person's not asking you for that. That person didn't say, hey, I need the, the best haircut you've ever, ever given anybody. If it takes you two hours, I'm here for it. No, a lot of the times they booked with you at 10 o'clock. They need to be done by 1030 because mm-hmm. they got other things to do. This isn't like it was back in, you know, in the 90s, bro. Back 90s and 2000s, when I was when I was a kid, we used to get dropped off at the barbershop and we were at the barbershop all day, all, all day long, right? Me, the pops, my uncle, my cousins sitting there all day. Life doesn't work like that no more. No, Life, everything's getting quicker. Everything's getting quicker. Everything's more expensive everybody's time, you know, like we live in a different world these days. And so you need to figure out if you want to be successful, you need to figure out how to turn your chair. Now people get that. People get that. There's such a big misconception on what I'm saying. Am I saying give people drive-bys and give them shitty haircuts? If you're starting out and you're on this live and you're taking 45 minutes to an hour cutting hair and you're between years one and three, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Absolutely. You're exactly where you are supposed to be. You are supposed to take that long because you're still learning your craft. You're still mastering what you're supposed to to be doing. You're still learning your steps. You got to go through your progressions. But like anything else, when you learn how to ride a bike, you're a little wobbly at first. But year three, you're riding on one wheel. Okay. You didn't learn that all in one, in one fell swoop. You didn't just get on the bike and all of a sudden you're popping wheelings and riding all the way down the block. So you got to understand, am I where I'm supposed to be? If you're already year five, year six, year seven, and you're taking an hour, hour and a half on a haircut, you need to learn or, or work on ways to learn to get your time down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's understanding it's understanding where you need to be. Is Drew saying, hey, go and give shitty haircuts and just make money? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that there's a big misconception of what quality is. Quality is not what you need to post on Instagram. Quality mm-hmm. is not what's going to win you a trophy. Quality is not enhancements, and I'm all for enhancements. I use them all the time. But quality is not enhancements, a full enhancement service, and your client did not book that service with you, and you're just doing it to get a photo. That's not quality. Quality is, are you on time for your haircut? Was it, If their appointment was at 10, are they in the chair by 10.05? 10, 10.05. That's quality. Quality is doing a proper consultation with the person in your chair, knowing who your client is and knowing what that client wants. That's quality. Quality is getting them out in a timely manner, not stopping, taking a smoke break, not stopping, getting on your phone, not stopping and letting everything else going on in the shop prolong you from doing your service on your client. That's quality. And quality is charging a price that's feasible for the client so that the client can continue to come and spend money with you. That's mm-hmm. running a business. So when you put all those things together and you ask me, quality over quantity to me i'm i'm doing all of the things that make that haircut quality i'm providing a good service at a great price and i'm getting that client giving that client exactly what they want how is that not quality mm. okay so you got to understand when you say quality what are you talking about because it sounds to me you're only concerned with your blend 
oh, my blend's way better than yours. Okay, you were also 15 minutes late. It also took you an hour and a half to do that. How was that quality? Because you're proud of the haircut you did. Oh, my haircut was amazing. That guy just left the shop bitching. He's upset. Right. He's mad. That by his wife now. I thought he's, you were going to be back by. He's mad. He's already yeah. missed a portion of, of, of whatever he was supposed to do that day. He's late to work. He sat in the barbershop for 30 minutes while you were cutting somebody in his time slot. So how is that quality? We have to we have to really look at this as an industry because this is a big problem in the industry right now. Oh, quality, quality. Those haircuts aren't quality. Ask any of my two thousand two hundred and forty eight people on my on my uh, on my booking site if that's quality or not, because they're all going to tell you if it's eight o'clock in the morning and I tell you to be there, I'm going to be there at seven forty five waiting for you at eight o'clock. The consistency, bro. That's quality. So, you know, I, I, lo I love all of that, man. I, and, and barbers drop some gems in the chat. Let us know that you're rocking with us and engaging with us. Drew just went in and, and, and spoke a whole lot of facts in, in, in that in, in, by providing you guys those insights. And I absolutely agree a million percent. What I, you know, a couple of things I want to say are things that you guys have heard me say a bunch. Some of you maybe haven't, but you know, when, when Drew is sharing some of these insights right now and, and I'm sharing some of the similar insights, we're letting you know what's going to be appealing to the largest market of people. You know, I mean, the largest pool of people. Sure, there's always going to be them people that want all this extra stuff and want to be in the chair forever and all of that and don't care. But for the most part, it, regular people that aren't weirdos like us and obsessed with hair and all of this stuff, a haircut a lot of times is simply an inconvenience for them, right? They're just like, yo, oh, I forgot to hit up Drew. Oh, I forgot to hit up Marv. I got to go in. I got pictures this weekend. Or, oh, I got to go out. I'm taking my wifey out for anniversary, right? So they're already on tight schedules as it is. And, and a lot of times it's inconvenient for them to even come see us. So I think one of the best forms of service we can provide is respecting their time and doing our best to get them in the shop, give them what they're looking for and get them out so they can go and do um, what they got to do. And most people, I, I would argue, I'll argue this to, to the day I'm out of here. I think most people, if all things being equal, would rather be in and out the chair in, in 30 minutes or less, as opposed to sitting in the chair for an hour, hour and a half, right? All things being equal. Now you got to remember people are paying for results, guys. They're paying for results. They're paying for whatever results it is that you're providing them, right? So if they're coming to you and as long as you're doing those things, like you're giving them the quality cut, a good conversation, you're on time, you're doing a straight razor, whatever you do, as long as you're giving them those results, they could care less about how much time it's taken. Most people, Right. They, it, whether you're doing it 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Right. They, they just want the results. But as you start getting to those longer time slots, it's kind of like, you know, what's going on? You know, like I, I got things to do. Or some people, if you're cutting them for the first time, you know what they start to think? Does this barber know what they're doing? They start to think maybe you just don't know what you're doing the longer you take. And so many barbers will cut somebody, give them a quality cut, take nice pictures, do a nice video, body it, be all excited about it, the post it online and get reposted, the barbershop connect. They like, I crushed that. The person took my card, they're coming back. And, and then that person never comes back and they think it's because maybe the, the fade wasn't blurry enough. No, maybe it's because you took forever and you did all this extra stuff that they didn't really want. 
And that's why it didn't come back. They didn't come back. So, you know, I know I, I, t- I touched on a bunch of different things in that little ramble, but all in all, what I really want to drive home to you guys is a lot of the insight that you're going to hear in this conversation with Drew and conversations with me moving forward is insight that is applicable to the biggest pool of people. They're proof of concepts. They're stuff that work. Guys, we pay for speed. Think about it. We pay, I pay a hundred and whatever. I don't even know what it is no more because I just pay it for Amazon Prime. Why? Because I get stuff the next day. You know what I mean? I, I get it within two days. We all pay for speed. Like we paid about the line, you know what I'm saying? It's it, it anything that you can think of in the industry or in the world, we pay if we can. We'll pay more to be able to get it quicker, and we value it when we can get it quicker. But for some reason, when it comes to this barbering thing, we think it's like, all right, let's just take forever because it's all about quality, which again is a very vague term. And I love the way Drew explained it because quality. There's a lot of different things that go into quality, right? And 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 you got to remember that. Uh, it's not just about what you think quality is. It's about what the client thinks quality is and then just respecting their time. And and one thing I want to say before, because I know you probably got some thoughts too. One thing I, I do want to make sure I mention, and, and this might catch some flack from some people. I'm cool with it. But ultimately, you guys got to remember when you're seeing some of this stuff online where maybe barbers are really preaching, you know, take an hour, take an hour and a half, charge a hundred dollars a cut and all this extra stuff. You got to remember a couple of things. Number one, a lot of those barbers have been cutting hair for a very, very long time, and they've been able to build up huge clientele to be able to get to a spot later in their career where they're like, all right, this is just how I want to operate. Right. And a lot of times as well, some of these people that are, are selling these concepts are people that have additional revenue streams. They're making money in other ways, too. So they're getting paid from, you know, companies or whatever. They're getting paid to do shows and stuff. They're making money in other ways. They're on salaries and with in different things, right? They've been able to expand and, and grow and make income in other ways, which is awesome. But you're not them. You know what I mean? Like you're not them. Like you're in the shop. You're cutting hair. You don't got these other income streams to, to rely on. So while one barber may be cool with, you know, only doing a couple haircuts a day and, and charging a high price point and not really caring uh, uh, about building up a big clientele. It's just like, you know, I know who I'm for. I know my worth and all of this stuff we like to preach. You got to remember a lot of them have other income streams. Y'all don't. So the, the insight that I share and Drew share with you is to help you be efficient and effective and, and make money in the barbershop. From behind the chair, like Drew said, he doesn't believe you got to be an elite barber to get to to six figures. And I absolutely agree. You guys hear me preach this all the time, right? You don't got to be elite, but you just got to do the right things and operate in a a way that's appealing to the customer. We got to get out of this barber bubble where we're just always listening to other barbers. It's about what the customer wants. So many times other barbers are coming in the comment section. I would never get in that chair. I would never sit in Drew's chair. No, no shit, bro. Like you're a barber who you're never going to sit in Drew's chair anyway. You know what I mean? Like we got to start paying attention to what the customers value, what the customers want, and then give them what they want as opposed to just listen to other barbers. Ah, look at them trash customers are trash. Nobody going to pay for that. Bro, it's about providing the customer what the customer wants. You know what I'm saying? Barbers. And Drew, I wanted to ask you real quick because you said, um, you know, uh, you were saying, you said a lot. But the one thing that stood out to me was, you know, if you're in year one to three and you're sitting at about 45 minutes and stuff like that, that's where you're supposed to be, right? Um, and then you work to get your time down. What are some things that you feel are overlooked 
when it comes to being able to get our, our time down as barbers? Where, where are some of the mistakes you see barbers making that are, are making barbers take longer than they necessarily need to take when it comes to cutting hair? How can it speed up? The, the, the number one, the number one thing that barbers do that will deter you from getting your speed down is you're overthinking what you're doing. Mm. Okay. You're overthinking what you're doing. You, you, you're trying in your head, you're trying to be on a level of that, that we compete like on Instagram, you're trying to, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Right. And so what happens is, is that you're, trying so hard in your head to, to this notion of what you think a perfect haircut is that you're overthinking the fact that you were done 20 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's the number one thing I find. I just tell the barbers, just go with it. You know what you're doing. You know what your tools can do. You know, when you've blended that line out, you know, when the haircut is done, but you, you, you continue messing with it continue messing with it, add something to it, add something Next thing you know, you're on the same spot for 20, 30 minutes longer than you need to be. The second thing is always going to be your shop surroundings. You got to look at your lighting. Um, you have to look at how you have your station set up. If you're still walking around your chair and your chair actually spins, you're no, you're no longer standing on your anti-fatigue mat that's made so that your legs will have some longevity in them. If you're walking around that chair then you're wasting time. The chair spins for a reason. Mm -hmm. It spins so that we can get all angles of the haircut from standing at one spot. So if you're spending, you know, think about how much time you're actually spending. All of those seconds add up. So it's just a lot of things. When people come in and they want to shadow me for the day, those are all the things that I emphasize on. I never go to, let me show you how I cut hair. It's always, if you come spend the day with me, it's always... If you want to truly shadow me and you want to figure out how to get fast, let's talk about all the other components in your surroundings that are going to aid you in being a faster, more productive barber. And a lot of the times right. you'll it, see, oh, man, maybe I need a ring light. Maybe I don't have enough lighting. Maybe I'm struggling because I can't see the fade. Am I cutting too? Do I have the, the client in the chair? And is the chair all the way down and I'm tall and I'm still bending down because I'm not pumping my chair up? You have to cut with the light, not under the light. Mm. Okay, so there's all kinds of factors, and you really have to dive into somebody's – for everybody, it's different. So I find that you have to spend some time with people and really hone in on what their habits are. And I can spend a day with somebody and let them show me how they do things, and I can pick apart what they're doing that would make them faster. Mm. If it means it. So it's not any one particular thing where I can just go, Oh, well, here's the thing right here. This is what people are doing. Cause a lot of, a lot, a lot of times it's different variables for people that is really making them spend more time on the haircut. What are and some of the other things you, you, that like the common things though, like what are some, like, I, I love some of the stuff you shared about the chair spinning, some of the lighting, you know, the way the oh, station set I, up. I what are some of the other common mistakes? I think, I think really think just, the common, the com the most common mistake for me is just overthinking the haircut. Putting, yeah, putting you just it, it's just simple. You know, uh, you know when I when I look at somebody cut hair, especially somebody coming into my shop, I like to you know whether I've seen this person on Instagram, I hired them off of Instagram, I've seen their work, or I've seen them cut a show or whatever. 
one thing I like to do is go over and just really watch them do a haircut. And a lot of times I like to know for myself, A, so that I can either help them or maybe B, they can share some insight on why they do a specific thing. But I like to figure out why uh, my, the most common question I ask is basically, why'd you do it like that? Mm-hmm. What What's your perspective on doing it like that? And a lot of the times they don't really know why it was just something that they were taught or, you know, it's a bad habit that they picked up at another shop. Um, but it's really just that it's just overthinking the haircut, overthinking the process. Haircutting is easy when you make, when you structure it the right way. Right. So for instance, here, here's an example of that. You have ethnic hair come in, right. And you do your haircut and you perform a great service. But then a, a, a guy with, uh, that doesn't have so, so, uh, as much coarse hair, let's just say one, the client you just did has coarse hair and the other one is thin hair. Now you use a different approach to that haircut, right? Now you're lost. Mm-hmm. Why are you switching up what you're doing? It's just hair. The only thing that should change is the direction in which the you're cutting in the, in the pattern, but your steps should stay the same. So mm-hmm. why, you cut, why you would start one fade from bottom to top, right? And then do another fade from top to bottom, the next, the very next haircut, you're not creating consistency within your, within your structure. So mm-hmm. I never understood why people do that. Another thing is if you're using, let's say JRL, for example, and which you using, should, that's my favorite yeah. clipper on the market. The 2020 C's were, and now the Onyx, my favorite clipper, right. shout outs to JRL. If you're using a JRL to set your whole fade up, right. And you're doing your steps and you, and you, and you use JRL. And then you, I see you take out an Andis master to do your detail work and blend work. Those are two different clippers, my friend, two different blades. So of course you're getting stuck. Of course you don't know why the haircut just went left because you're not even understanding the tools you're using and how those tools work together. Okay. You're using rotary motors on one, then you're blending out with a, with a magnetic motor and you're doing it all for the fat. You don't even really know why you're using this. You just know that, Hey, that gold, you know, and this master is where it's at, mm-hmm. but it, there's no point to why you're using it. You don't even know why you're using it. You see what I'm saying? So I think those are a lot of the things that really, you know, get barbers stuck, especially new barbers coming in. Everybody wants to kind of keep up with what's the most popular and how they saw this person do that. But simply you just need to figure out what works for you, stick to what works for you and apply what works for you. Mm-hmm. On that haircut and each and every haircut throughout your day, you need to apply the same steps and have the same structure to how you handle yourself in the barbershop. And if you do that every day, you're going to become more consistently fast over a period of time because you're do, you're using the same methods. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're one of those person that's out there that you just started and you're using a bunch of different clippers, you need to simplify it, simplify it down, figure out which company you'd like to use which what works for you use that and learn on that stop you know combi- trying to combine all of these different clippers together and it's not that serious okay and that's yeah. that's really what i find you know for me yeah and i agree with with all of that and add on to it man like we're at a time where <laughs> especially with social media like this whole 
the whole way that we're all able to market ourselves is is it's amazing uh, and it's awesome because we all have this power now to be able to market ourselves in, in really cool ways to grow whatever our business is. And with that being said, that's what the Clipper companies have taken advantage of is social media and barber influencers and all of us building and all of this, this hype that comes with, you know, putting out new Clippers. So there's just new Clippers being dropped every week. And unfortunately, so many of us, especially when we're newer in the game, we think it's the Clipper. We think, all right, if I get this new Clipper that does this is going to take my cuts to the next level. And I probably would have been that same barber back in the day. If, if, if today, if I was starting today, I probably would have been the same way trying to buy all these different, you know, new Clippers. Um, but when I started just like, you know, you, we had wall and Andis and then Oster, right. That, that was it, you know? So now with so many different um, ways or so many different companies that, you could get clippers from it can be challenging as a barber right you guys are seeing all of this new cool stuff drop so you're like all right maybe i need this maybe i need that but you just need to find that clipper that works for you and 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 stick with that and like drew saying that repetition is going to breed that speed you you come becoming familiar with your tools becoming familiar with your system it, it it's just going to be like autopilot just like driving that car and you're just going to be able to to slowly um Pick up your speed. I had somebody reach out to me a couple weeks ago and they wanted to get a new trimmer. They're like, I got this trimmer, but you know, uh, and I love it, but I'm thinking about getting something else. What do you think I should get? I said, another one of those then. Get another one of those. You love that trimmer so much. Get a backup pair. Why are you trying to switch up? Uh, Just because I feel like I need a new one. Why? You just told me you love them. They're hitting like you need. Why? You don't. If anything, you love it. Get another pair um, of them. you know, so you know, to, that, to that point right there, what you just said, that also takes you into the next phase of your barbering career. If you're somebody who aspires to stand on a stage one day and work for a company, you, you, you often find that the most common question to, to somebody in the game that's doing that is how do I do what you're doing? Right. And the first thing I do is like, okay, for example, being where I'm at with JRL, I get a lot of people ask me, hey, Drew, how do I be, how, I really want to work for you. I want to work on the JRL team. Okay, great. Well, guess what the first thing I'm going to do is, I'm going to go and see if you're a good fit, meaning I need to see your content and let's see what clippers you use. But when I go on your page, all you use is, well, do you have a JRL clipper? No, I've never used it before. Well, why do you want to work for us then? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So the thing about it is, is that all of these things go hand in hand, whether you're in the shop and it's going to make you better using what you like to use and what works best for you. But that's also going to lead you into your next phase. If you have any aspirations on working for any of these companies, these companies want people that use their products, not people that say they use their products. Okay. So like, you know, if you, if you're using the product, use the product, post the mm-hmm. product, you know what I mean? And, and, and let that take you, you know, into your next phase. Um, but I did want to piggyback cause I see we're on here about an hour and 30 minutes, but I did want to piggyback off of something that you said that I think is really destroying the industry right now that I think that we didn't give enough time to. And that's this whole notion about the quality and the hundred dollar hair cutter. And, you know, I seen that you just, you know, you had a live a couple weeks ago with somebody who was trying to point out a bunch of these people. Oh yeah. Well, this person and that person and 
that person. And guys, listen, I'm going to tell you as somebody who's been in this game for a long time and Marv just shared um, his thoughts on it. And I share Marv's thoughts on this. People that are posting that they're charging upwards of a hundred dollars a haircut. Okay. And that's what they charge. You're not, they're not cutting. They're not cutting for anything less than a hundred dollars a haircut. I challenge you to reach out to those people and ask them to provide you their schedules. I promise you these people are not booked consistently at upwards of a hundred dollars. Okay. First of all, the Democrats well, you can click the link in their bio for the most part, guys. Just click it and go see that they got openings until 2027, bro. Listen, there's nobody. I've been around this game a long time. I've worked with hundreds of barbers, both on the roads. I've had private conversations with some of the very people that say that they are cutting for a hundred dollars a haircut. And what you don't know and what you don't see is that that is part of their persona, their character online, as we all have one. I have one. Marv have one. Barbers! We all have our personas that we use to build our following, right? But what you're... That was me showing you my persona, guys, my barber's character. What you're not seeing is the outside revenue streams of money that are coming in that allow these barbers to take that approach to barbering. And they didn't just start yesterday. Okay. Some of these guys were doing what we're telling you to do. The nuts and bolts of barbering. A lot of these guys started that way, created a product, have businesses, have successful podcasts, work for different companies, are on salary with booking apps. A lot of you don't know that these booking apps like Squire and Booksy, I've been on both sides of each. You can get a revenue stream by just using their platform if you're taking care of your business on the other side. So that's passive money that's coming in that we're getting that have nothing to do with our everyday cutting hair. Okay. So my approach still stays the same because I'm a big believer. And when I'm in the shop, I want to service my clients. This is the way I like to work. I've always worked this way and I'm trying to build up my team around me. So part of me building up my team around me and making them strong making them successful, teaching them how to provide for their families or helping them get to levels where they're trying to get to is staying consistent in what I do and what I believe. So I'm not going to change up the things that have allowed me to maybe charge a hundred dollars a haircut. I'm not going to do that because I'm still trying to teach something different. My goals are much different these days. And that is trying to help the people around me get to a certain level. So that's the way the reason why I look at things like this, but I know a lot of barbers that charge a hundred dollars that are doing other jobs that could care less about, about what they're doing in the barbering industry. Okay. So just simply because they're charging a hundred dollars doesn't mean that they've figured out the, you know, they've figured out how to open up the, the magical box of treasure. There's no pot of gold on the end of that. Uh, uh, on the end of what they're doing. Okay. I've met a lot of people that look very rich online that are still like, Hey Drew, man, I need help. You know, how do I get that? You know, how, what do you mean? You're charging a hundred some dollars haircut. Yeah, man. But that's because, you know, I don't really want to do uh 10 haircuts a day. I'd rather do four. Okay. So you're making $400 a day. 
give the the problem with that is is I'll never knock how people do things, but for the people that are in these comments, for the people that are really getting something from this live, they gotta know what the difference is, right? And what they're actually looking at. Okay, and if you want to be successful cutting hair, then everything that we've talked about today is gonna lead you into that direction. And the the basic thing that you need to know is that you just need to make yourself available and ready to work. And if you can do that and you're available, ready to work, you're doing all the right things, you're going to have a great career in this business. Mm, I love that, man. And and just to add on to that, guys, you got to remember, man, I know it's hard to wrap your mind around, but the internet is not real life, guys. And the coolest part about the internet is anybody can post on the internet and post anything, but that's also the curse of the internet is that anybody can post on the internet and post anything. And what I mean when I say that is fact check some of this stuff before you just believe it, bro. Like the part that makes me sad, I'll be honest with y'all, is that if I wanted to right now, today, post one of my haircuts I did and talk about, I, I can make a little collage where I put four or five haircuts together and I could say, this dude paid me 150, this dude paid me 250, this dude paid me 500, this dude paid me, my total for the day was 1700. What would happen is the comment section would be fire, fire, fire. Yo, that's dope. Let's go. It'd be nothing but love. And you guys would just believe it. You wouldn't even question whether or not it's true. So there's so many content pieces you guys are coming across where you're seeing it and you're like, yo, that's so dope. He got a $260 for the edge up from that kid. Step back and ask yourself, like, number one, is this even true? Right? Because what you got to remember when it comes to social media, guys, is if you can create content that's polarizing or has some shock value, it's good for engagement and it's good for potential growth, right? If you think about some of Marvy Marv's content, it's been polarizing over the years, right? Or controversial, right? If you can put something out that creates some shock value, it can be good for your engagement, helps you reach more people, right? There, there's, there's reasons why some of these people are doing some of this stuff online. Stop just buying into it and believing it and thinking it's true just because somebody posted. I see you want to say something. I know you answer that. What you got? And, and, and not only that, bro, but look, and and guys, this is this is for all of you guys on this live because we we really Mark, me and Mark talked about this, and we really want to give you guys because this has been a big topic in the industry. We really want to give you guys an idea of what really is true and not true. I cut for $40 a haircut. I'm 20 years in. I charge between $40 and $45 a haircut. Now, once people hit my tip option and all that, I average about $54.60 a haircut mm. every 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. Mm. Now, I shared with Marv. Marv asked, how, how willing would I be to open myself up and show some receipts? Because we know that that's what you guys want. Marv, if you don't mind, you want to show them what I sent you, and that was just from this previous week, as you can see the dates on there. Now, this is from 1018, which was just a few days ago. That's just one day, okay, transferred to my bank. And this, keep in mind, this is just people, as I said, card payments and transfer. These are just my cards from that day, okay? That's not including cash money that I made throughout the day, that's not including Apple Pay. That's not including Cash App. That's not including Venmo. That's not including people that have prepaid on my app. This is simply from my Square account. $834 were collected. So mm. 
if you guys that think you, Drew, don't man. That's if dope. You guys think that you cannot make money by doing forty dollar haircuts in a barbershop? This is literally what I do every day that I'm in the shop. I average about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars each day that I'm in. Now that depends on we all have we all have the clients that can afford to give you a twenty dollar tip. And when you get the certain combination of people that come in and it's 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, that number is going to go up. Okay. Now you're also going to have the people that just love to see you and all they can pay is 40, $42. Okay. Maybe they can't afford to tip you that much. Sometimes that number is going to stay low. However, I'm averaging about a thousand to $1,500 every single day that I work using the same strategies that I work, being available to my customers and giving the best possible haircut I can give them and get them on their way, charging 40 to $45 a haircut. So for these people that are telling you that they're charging a hundred, a hundred fifty dollars a haircut, ask them to provide you with their receipts and show mm -hmm. that information. And let's just see where they end up at the end of the year. Cause I can tell mm -hmm. you, if you do it this way. If you do it the way that we're trying to teach you, this is the nuts and bolts of barbering. This is a very, very good career, and it does not take much to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing uh, we, we talked about when I had this uh, conversation with John Hall was if you can get to, to making a dollar a minute while you're in the shop working an eight-hour shift, that's putting you over six figures, right? So if you're, you're in the shop for eight hours, that's, what, 480 minutes, you know, roughly 500 bucks. You, 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 if you can get to that, it's putting you over six figures. And it's very doable to make a dollar a minute, right? If you get to for the spot where you can charge $40 a haircut and you can fit in two in an hour, that's going to put you at 80 to 100 plus per hour, which can very easily get you guys um, to six figures. So we just had a question that I'd like for you to highlight because yep. this is one that I want to debate with him. Fog the, uh, frog the God. Bro, you're doing 30 cuts a day. That's way too many cuts in a day. This is not what a barber is supposed to be doing. Do you understand how ignorant that sounds? That's like going into a gym. I don't see it. That, that's like going into the gym and wow. seeing a guy that is uh, running uh, four miles every single day on the treadmill and you telling him, hey, guy, listen, um, you look like you're in great shape and you look like uh, you're doing great, um, but you don't need to be running four miles a day. That's not uh, what people in the gym should be doing. Guy, listen, the way that I do what I do and the way Marv does what he does and the way that you do what you do is all tailored around what we are as individuals, what our skill set is. Mm -hmm. I don't do 30 haircuts a day because it's absolutely killing me. I'm 22 years in cutting hair. I've cut this way for the upwards of my career. I would say the last 15 years of my career, I really figured out, started to figure out who I was as a barber and what works for me. And I consistently cut 30 heads a day and I'm less tired than somebody who just cut 10 heads a day that spent an hour and a half on each haircut. They're actually tireder than me because they've worked harder than me today. I can do 30 haircuts a day and not feel any strain on my body. That is what I have programmed my body to do. That is what I'm able to do as a barber. That does not mean 
that every barber on this live needs to take from this and go, well, if you don't do 30 haircuts a day, you can't be successful. No, what I'm telling you is, is that you can't do eight haircuts a day at $30 a haircut, $40 a haircut and be successful. And you can't also charge a hundred dollars a haircut and do eight haircuts a week and be successful. So you got to try to find a happy medium. See, it's comments like this where people say, oh, well, I'm going to expose them. This is not what every barber should be doing. Not at any point did Marv tell you you need to cut 30 haircuts a day to be successful. And I'm not telling you that you need to cut 30 haircuts a day to be successful. What I'm saying is, is that you need to figure out a way to make your time work for you in the barbershop. And you need to do what you can do, what your body can handle. What your body can handle and my body can handle, but you might you might be able to go right now and run a 5K. I'm going to tell you right now, I can't. Okay, I'm sitting my ass down, but you might be conditioned that way. Well, I'm programmed a different way to do different things. This is what I do for a living. Okay, and now you could either take what you from this live and use it to help you progress, or maybe you don't need any progression, and I don't know why you're on this live. But it's the comments like these that I feel that really deter other people, especially the young, uh, the young people getting into our business because it's like there's no, there's no need. Nobody said that you need to cut thirty haircuts a day. I don't remember even ever even talking about how many clients a day either you or I did. So yeah, and 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 to add on to that too, right? It's always interesting because when people make comments like that, um. And they say, you know, that's not what people want. You're rushing to cut, whatever reason why. What is always interesting is they make the comments towards barbers who have reoccurring clientele. You know what I mean? Like, how, how can you tell somebody that cuts the same people every week, every two weeks, every three weeks? They keep coming back. How can you tell them that? You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're too fast. People don't want that. They clearly do. They, they keep coming back for more year after year. You know what I mean? So that, that that's one thing that's always interesting to me. But then another thing that I find super interesting is how we we always talk about this idea of uh, burnout or you know uh, the tolls that barbering takes on our body, right? And it's always you know doing you know fifteen haircuts a day, twenty haircuts a day is just is going to take too much a toll on my body. This, that, and the third. But what I find so interesting about it is that. It always comes from us barbers who don't work out, don't exercise at all, we don't stretch, we eat poorly, we're dehydrated, right? We're cutting with bad posture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're not using the the mat properly. We're not wearing the right shoes. We do all these things that take a toll on our body, but yet cutting a lot of haircuts gets the blame. And I always find that interesting because it's like, bro, if you're on your feet for six hours, you're on your feet for six hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, if you are not managing your time properly, right, and, and certain things that the way you carry yourself as a barber, if you're trying to cram everybody in, sure, that could get overwhelming mentally and physically if you're not doing things right, you know? But when you got your system in play, you understand how to, to, how to move. I love what you said because I would argue in a lot of instances the barber that's doing more haircuts is actually not as tired as the person that may be doing less. Because what also comes with the person that's doing less and longer time slots is those heavy conversations. That's one thing that I picked up from John Hall that I thought was such an amazing point he made. Um, 
when you have people in your chair for a while, a lot of times the conversations could, they could go south or they could put a lot of baggage on you. Next thing you know, you're starting to carry some of that with you. Whereas when you're doing haircuts in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, a lot of times the conversations are, they're quick, they're good, they're positive. And then the person is on their way. They, you don't even have time to go down to some of those darker, those darker spots. Right. So, you know, and, and I see you, you, are you seeing a comment or something? Or you want to say something? Oh, I'm just reading some of these comments. Uh, how many days are we getting? I'm only in the shop about three days a week nowadays, just with my um, my schedule outside of the shop. Um, but only three days a week. If I'm not traveling, I'm currently in the shop three days a week. Okay, cool. So, so with that being said, guys, we're uh, hour and fifteen minutes in, and what you got? Another about fifteen twenty minutes, Drew? Yeah. I'm good. Okay, cool. So if you guys can flood the chat with as many questions as you can. And if you guys have been on this gym talk previous, you, you know that we typically will do um, rapid fire Q&A. So ask as many questions as you can. And me and Drew will try to answer as many as we can for probably the next 20 minutes or so. If you haven't subscribed to the channel uh, and you're enjoying this conversation, you want to see more of these, make sure you do. Also, hit the like button if you haven't done so already. And follow Drew, uh, Drew the Barber, on IG. And uh, take a screenshot of this or a picture of this if you're watching it on your TV. So afterwards, you can share it to the story. So that way, me and Drew um, can show you some love. All right. So VIP says, what's best shoes to wear, bro? Oh, man. Best shoes. What do you wear, I guess? Better question. I mean, I always wear something that's super comfortable for me. I'm, I never try to go with, like, honestly, like, cutting in Yeezys. Those are not very good for me. Um, you know, I like to cut in either, like, on clouds or, um, you know, maybe I'll cut in some dunks um, because they're super comfortable. Um, but I never try to wear something that, you know, it's stylish, but it's, you know, makes me, you know, my feet hurt. You know, that's very important. Um so I always just try to pick like a shoe that's that's got a lot of like padding or something in it. But usually like I cut in a lot of running shoes, honestly. Yeah, I like that. And get yourself a good mat, guys. Don't just get the cheapest mat. Spend a little bit of money for a mat with more cushion. I got a really good mat, that's for sure. Um, taxes, how do you handle that? I know you're in Florida, so fortunately for you, you don't got to deal with the same BS I do in New York. It's mm-hmm. terrible up here. But uh, how, how do you manage putting money away for taxes? Or how do you do it? So I pay quarterly taxes and I got, you know, I got a good accountant. You got to get yourself a good accountant and you got to keep, you know, all your receipts, make sure everything is in order and, you know, just get you somebody who really knows what they're, what they're talking about when it pertains to somebody who's self-employed like we are and make sure that you're, you know, you're getting ahead of the game by paying quarterly taxes and, you know, putting that money so it doesn't all creep up on you at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Definitely sit down with a CPA, sit down with an accountant, with an accountant, talk with them. I mean, if you have no clue where to start right now, guys, just start by putting like at least 10% of your money in an envelope or something to, to start with. Um, how did you target your clientele? Um, so I targeted my clientele by finding those people that really, you know, that it, they kind of enjoy my style of cutting hair. Um, you know, I wanted to get the clients that that really are, hey, man, I've been looking for somebody, but I need to get in and out. You know, like, you know, I already know that there's certain people that just aren't for me. And, you know, I'm very good about the people that I feel like are not a good mix after I cut their hair. 
um, you know, giving them to somebody else who I think can really take care of them in my shop. But I'm not really overly uh, specific about, you know, who books on my schedule. Um, but if we're not a good fit, I try to move on as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of people, you know, try to hold on to somebody because of what they pay or because of what they tip. But we're actually doing them a disservice if we're not having good conversation or if I feel irritable or not happy about seeing that person on my schedule or maybe they just want something that I feel doesn't really fit my particular skill set. So I'm pretty good about passing those people off and making sure that they're getting the best service within my shop. Mm, I love it. And what I would say uh, to uh, another point is, yo, know, d- work to get to your, to the spot where you can do haircuts in 30 minutes or less. And that's for like 90% of cuts. There are going to be some cuts that are going to require 45 minutes, especially when you're, you know, newer, you know what I mean? But if you can work to that spot where you can get, most of the cuts you're doing uh, done in 30 minutes or less, it opens you up to a whole pool of people that pretty much anybody's going to want to sit in your chair. As long as you can provide a quality service, a welcoming environment, a quality haircut, some good conversation, you keep the energy good, you know, like as far as targeting, you're opening yourself up to a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people that want a barber that can get them in and out the chair in 30 minutes or less, give them a quality cut and provide great customer service. Um, if you could start your barber career over again, what would you do different, Drew? Well, what I would do different, I would take those first uh, couple years where I thought that I knew it all. Um, and I say that with all the respect in the world, um, because like a lot of people on this chat, I think when you get into um, you get into cutting hair, you have very different opinions about how things should be done. And um, I think that I was placed in a box early on. And I thought I was one of those barbers that was very much like the barber that we talked about before we even got on here earlier today, when we were having that conversation, I said, you know, a lot of people place themselves in a, in a space where it's like, well, why would I listen to some other barbers when I'm a barber myself? Why would I watch another barber cut hair when that's what I do all day? I'm not going to a barber show because what am I going to learn from somebody else that is doing the same thing that I do all day? There's, there's no reason to invest my time in that. I was very much stuck in that space for a lot of years But what I saw is while I was making consistently good money, not great money, but I didn't really have much more to offer, um, not only within the barbershop, but just not to anyone, not even to myself. And it wasn't until I actually went to my first barbering class and saw some other people and I didn't realize there's so many different avenues for us to take. There's so many different roads for us to travel that is all within cutting hair. And uh, once I got out of that space is when I really started to grow. And I wish I would have done that for myself a lot sooner because I'd probably be where I want to be now. Um, So I'm still very much working um, actively on a lot of goals that I haven't accomplished yet. Mm, I love that. Do you use the same clipper no matter the hair density? Yes. I always use the exact same clippers um, just because I believe that, the clippers that I chose, um, which are the JRL clippers, which is why I got involved with them, are both designed to cut through bulk hair um, and, uh, you know, through wet hair, coarse hair. That's the way they were designed. So we have a two-speed option on the clipper. Um, you could slow the clipper down, cut through wet hair, wet, dense hair. Um, if the hair is super coarse, we, are, we have a, a additional speed that will bump the motor up and uh, senses uh, speed resistance. So, that way we can get you know more out of the blade. So it's all about choosing the clipper that you want to use. But 
there's definitely some cool stuff out there that can uh, get the job done. And I believe that, you know, we're one of the companies that are giving uh, barbers exactly what they need. I love what JRL's doing, man. And my favorite clipper, there are a lot of really good clippers on the market. You guys can go on my YouTube channel and see I've done clipper reviews. There are a lot of really good clippers, but uh, the 2020C has been my favorite. And uh, the Onyx now is the clipper that I use. I, I just love it. I think it's overall, all around the board, it's it's my favorite clipper. Uh, what's the process uh, to your fast cuts? If you can, like, let's, an example, say you were going to do a skin fade right now and there's some scissor work on top. How would you start that? I would do skin half, one and a half, break it down into three sections. Anything longer than a two or three up top, I'm going to use clipper over comb. So if it, for example, if it's a comb over, it's going to be skin half, one and a half. I set those three, I set up my, um, my process there. I'm going to go to my clipper over comb, debulk into the one and a half. And now I'm going to work myself from the one and a half all the way down uh, throughout the haircut. Um, and that's pretty much how I do every single haircut. If it's, going to be something that's a two or three up top let's say it's a three up top with a skin fade it's skin half one and a half i already did my three up top so i'm going to use my two open and work myself from my two open all the way down mm, love it uh you talked about 40 uh 45 minutes 60 minutes for a year one to three barbers what advice do you have for new barbers when they get to a shop and a client requests a cut that, they, that they've never done or have little experience with this is a great question and it's something that i actively talk about to this day right now in my shop because i do have two new people um that i'm training in my shop and that is is that there is absolutely no shame in telling a client when they sit in your chair that you don't feel Feel that you are the best barber to perform that service on them. If you perform the service on them and you cannot do the haircut effectively, then you're only going to aggravate the client and that's going to lead to the shop getting a bad review. That's going to lead to an unhappy client. That's going to lead to maybe a confrontation in the shop. And you never want to do that. A, a client is always going to remember years down the road that rather than you botching their hair, you put them in the best position possible to get them what they needed at the time. And when you're ready, you can revisit cutting their hair at a later date when you're ready. But I'd never encourage you to take on a client just for a dollar. That's that leads to very, very bad business. Mm -hmm. I agree. And uh, I, I mentioned this on one of the lives that I've done recently too. Like um, I think part of good customer service sometimes is just referring people elsewhere, right? Like even to another shop. Like I've had people hit me up for some of that crazy UK stuff, but I don't do that. It, right. It's like you come in with some of that, you know, Josh LaMonica, Barber Josh OP stuff. I don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, could I attempt to do it? Sure. If I was earlier in my career, would I do more of it? Sure. But if you, you're trying to hit me up and get some of that crazy stuff, you show me the picture. I know a few barbers in my area who are nasty with that. And I got no issue saying, you know what, like I could, I could attempt to do that or I can do it, but it's not going to look as good as if you go to this barber who is actually like 10 minutes down the road, I promise you he would absolutely crush it. So, you know, exactly. I know not everybody agrees with that, but I, I, I think that sometimes referring people, obviously try to keep them in the shop. Right. But I think even sometimes you just refer them to some other people like right. uh, flat tops. I'm not good at either. I know the dude up the hill. He get busy with the flat top. You know, one person a year asked me for a flat top. I'm like, bro, I don't know. You know, I could do it, but it ain't going to look like his up the street. Yeah. You know I mean, um, let's see. Uh, how do you consistently post content without getting burnt on a uh, burnt out on social media? I'll take this one, drew. I think this is a great question. And, um, 
Shameless plug. I do an interactive social media course, guys. As you see it scrolling across the bottom, if you go to itsmarvymarv.com, um, shout out to all my course family in here. Uh, go to itsmarvymarv.com. You can check out my social media course. Um, I recommend you at least checking that out. And if you are, you know, anybody on here is serious about your content and social media strategy and stuff like that, um, and you want to learn all of that, sign up and come work with me. But the one thing I would say to answer this question is you want to figure out a process to simplify um, your content in a way where it allows you to be consistent. So for example, when you guys see me doing these TikTok skits that are getting millions of views and, and, and so many views on TikTok and I'm repurposing them on YouTube and I'm sharing them on Facebook now, sharing them on Instagram now, for me to make one of those skits, it takes me about five minutes to record it, five minutes tops to edit it. So we're looking at about 10 minutes total, right? So when you're spending 10 minutes to create a piece of content, it it makes it a lot easier for you to be consistent, right? Whereas if it's taking you 45 minutes, an hour, days to create a content piece, it could be a little more challenging to be consistent because let's be honest, a lot of times you take all that time to create a content piece, you put it out, it doesn't do the numbers you want, you get discouraged. And it's like, all right, well, why am I wasting all of this time to create this content when I'm putting it out and ain't doing nothing for me anyway. Whereas if you were spending five, 10 minutes to create a content piece, 20 minutes, you put it out. It doesn't perform as well. You're not as discouraged, right? So you want to figure out a way to simplify your content creation process. Another example of that is this gem talk right here. You know what I'm going to do with this gem talk? I'm going to, I'm going to take this gem talk and I'm going to chop it up into a whole bunch of stuff where it's drew talking. There's a whole bunch of stuff, me talking. I'm going to repurpose it meaning I'm going to reshare it as little short Instagram videos, little YouTube shorts, right? I'm going to repurpose it. So we're spending two hours to create this, but it's going to turn into probably 50 pieces of content. And who knows how many of them I'll post, but it'll probably turn into 50 pieces of content. So, you know, that long-winded rant, I say that all of that to say, you want to figure out a way to simplify the way you create content because if it's easy for you to do and you can create multiple pieces at once, you're going to be a lot more likely um, to be consistent. Hey, Mark, uh, I feel yeah. like we've been, I feel like we've been doing, uh, this was such a great, like gym talk. I feel like so many people on here got so much out of it. We got one guy on here, wavy cuts, who has been nothing but great. Just trying to learn this guy, frog, the God, Hey, frog. Um, if this is your page, I don't know if you can see that, but if this is your page online and this is you in the comments talking, I encourage you to just stop. Just stop. Just if you don't want to be on here and learn anything, if we don't got nothing for you, that's cool. But if that is your page online, just stop, brother. Just leave the people alone. We're out. We're we're looking. We're here. We're doing. We're we're trying to influence and help people out. And you're in here creating a commotion. And if that is your page, just stop. And, and what I would say is this, all right, guys, because this is what I'm gonna say, guys. What, what Frog the God is doing, it, it, it works for him, right? Because what yeah. it does is it gets him attention, right? We all are trying to figure out a way to get attention, to get our name out there, to get our voice heard. And his approach is working because, to be honest, he's gotten more airtime on this conversation than he probably should have. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to take an opportunity to, to, to drop some wisdom because what, what I want you guys to understand is while – it is garnering him attention in this conversation. It's not good attention. You know what I mean? It's not the attention that, that you want to have. 
And you'll hear people say, you know, there's no such thing as good, bad publicity. And there's a, a degree of truth to that. But at the same time, guys, what what is being done right now is never going to shine bright in somebody's life. Never going to make somebody want to be like, yo, like I got to bring frog to God on team JRL or we're going to do a live with him and, and really hear his thoughts or, and you know what the most disappointing part is though, Mark? Understand what type of a catch you again. What up, Drew? Here's the most disappointing part about that. This guy probably doesn't even care about that. He yeah. probably, oh, you, you're probably saying right now, that's not going to get him uh, the right kind of, uh, 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 you know, people looking at him to bring him onto a team. He probably does not even care about that, which leads to my point. Why are you on here? Yeah. Why are you on this gym talk right now? Like, why are you on he here? He get why are you on here trolling other people and, and people are in here commenting and he's, he's creating a disturbance on here. And he says he doesn't cut for views, brother. You're making TikToks that got no views on them. Yeah, so it's, it's you're, making, you're, you're making them for a purpose. You're yeah. not just making TikToks because you don't want to give views. The, the 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 point is, is that the reason why you're not getting views is a whole other conversation. We're not going to yeah. talk about that. I can help you with that too, Frog. This, this is positive. You know, this is positive. So, you know, the, the point is, is that people like this is is just. It, it really baffles me. We had this conversation earlier and it's just, it, it honestly, it's the number one thing that upsets me in this industry today is that, you know, I don't understand what's the point of even being on here on a two hour podcast. This right here, Drew, this yeah. is what he, he, he yeah. it worked for him, but he got his moment. He got the free promo. Got he can have it. Congrats. Yo, come join the course. Come join the course and I'll help you. Uh, redirect that energy. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you clearly are trying to figure out ways to get attention. You were effective today, not in a positive way, but I, I could, I could work with you, bro. I could work with you and, and get your head from out of your backside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and, and I agree. Tip your barber said, let's keep it on track. So um, there was another question that I wanted to ask you. Uh, where was it? Um, K.Coop says, uh, besides free stuff, what are the pros of working for Clipper companies and what are some cons? Um, I mean, I think the, the pros are, you know, obviously getting involved, um, with the other side of the industry, learning how it works, um, learning how the Clippers uh, are manufactured and made and what it takes to really put together a show. There's so much that goes into that side of it. Um, I think the reward, um, from being part of a Clipper company is obviously what you get to share at a show. You, you, you get a, an opportunity to engage with so many different people and you get to see years down the road because I found that a lot of people that go to the shows are the same people that consistently show up to all the shows. So what happens is, is that you see somebody year one and you catch them early and you see how you were able to impact them, you know, year three and four um, down the road at an, a different show. And I think that that's really rewarding um, what you get to do and how you can affect change in somebody's life um, just by showing them what you were able to figure out during the course of your career. So just simply sharing um, the things that have taken us to different levels and sharing those kind of tips and insights, gems, so to speak, with different people at shows is what I really feel the reward part of it is. Um, compensation is there, guys. I, mean, I don't want to sit here and say that we're not getting compensated to be at these shows. I'm just saying the overall picture is that the money is not what brings us to these shows or makes us want to be a part of these Clipper companies. I think it's 
starts with being passionate about the tool that you're using, getting involved with the company and learning the different side of the business. I think once you're able to learn another side of barbering, which would be the manufacturing side, that all helps integrate into like, you know, creating a product or having the resources to create something for yourself. Mm. I think it all goes hand in hand. Love that. So earlier, somebody said, I kind of thought about battling for exposure. What do you think about that? Um, I think battling for exposure is great. It's a great way to get your name out there, win or lose. Um, you putting yourself out there and being vulnerable um, will allow somebody to connect with you and see what you can do. Um, but I think there's no, there's no real losers. I mean, there's guys, some of your favorite barbers right now, um, and Mark, you can attest to this. Some of, some of these, some of my favorite barbers have never even won a barber battle. Uh, not I'm 0-2 in my career. I know a lot of you guys think Marvin Marv's your favorite. I'm 0-2 in my career. I'm, <laughs> I'm winless. Yeah. Not, not, not to say that they haven't competed. I'm just saying there's some of them that, you know, the battling scene wasn't for them, but they went on to be educators for companies based off of what people saw when they were there. And, um, I've judged more competitions than I competed in. Ain't yeah. that crazy? But yeah, I, I I would say this because I've had my back and forth with, with battling, right? And uh, there's multiple ways you could look at it. There's a lot of ways you could look at it where it is a complete waste of time and a complete waste of money. But I'd rather focus on the 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 the, the side where you can use that to your advantage. And And what I mean when I say that is just competing in the barber battle in itself is a scary thing to do. And it takes courage to put yourself on stage in front of people like that. So when you do compete, there is that part of it where just competing in itself will help you build confidence, right? right. It'll help you build confidence. You'll, 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 you'll get that nice adrenaline rush. It could be definitely fun. 99% of the time, you're going to feel like you got robbed, just like I did when I battled Drew. I felt like I got robbed, right? But then when I look back, Drew was the, the right winner. So let me say that, right? I don't feel like I got robbed anymore. But you'll feel like you got robbed. Um, but you can also use it as an opportunity to put yourself in front of some, some people who, you know, maybe Marv's judging the battle or Drew's judging the battle. I don't judge no more. So, you know, back in the day I would, but maybe your favorite influencers are judging the battle. So now they're walking around looking at your cuts. You get an opportunity to, to, to speak to them, you know, introduce yourself, let them feel your energy. You can use it as a, a opportunity you know, to network, you can use it as an opportunity to be memorable. Maybe you go on stage with a, some sort of mask or crazy outfit, or you do something crazy and you stand out to the, the crowd. And now you're, you're starting to make a name for yourself that way. So, you know, I, I would, I would say if you are going to battle, try to figure out what could you possibly gain from it aside from just winning it? Cause even when I battled drew, right? Like, of course I'm a competitor, so I'm trying to win, but all in all, I had a strategy and my strategy was to, to market myself, help me get my name out there more, build my brand up, get on this barber versus TV. When I'm not even a, a battle barber, try to beat drew the 19 time champion, motivate people, inspire people. Like I, I had my intentions clear so that even if, I didn't win, which I didn't. I can still leave from that and look at it and say, hey, was this a success? And it was for me overall. You were going to say something, Drew? Yeah, I think, I think too, though, it's also a very healthy way to kind of figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are um, yeah. by competing against your peers. Um, I've always had a lot of fun battling, but most of all, it always pushed me. I always left there 
wanting to be better. You know, I, I always left there and said, man, I saw something that the guy next to me was doing, um, you know, during the battle. And I want to reach out to him or talk to him here at the show. And maybe he could share some insight with me on how I can, you know, maybe do what I was doing better. So I always used it as a way to really kind of step the level of my of my skill up um, was battling was always a great time for me. Yeah. And and one thing you'll learn competing, too, is that you can cut quicker than you thought you could, guys. I can't tell you how many people, you know, when I used to judge battles and even now when I'm going to the competitions and people are asking for advice, they're scared because they're like, normally I take 45 minutes to do a cut, but this competition's only giving me 30 or only giving me 20. And then when all said and done, they're surprised that they were able to put out the quality that they did in that time. You know, sure. so you, 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 you get to see what you're made of a lot of times in those competitions. And, you know, a side point from that, you know, if I'm going to go all the way back to when you guys were asking for tips on how to get your time down, just challenge yourself. I always tell people this, this is my, my strategy. I always share with people now is just try to knock two minutes off your total haircut time a, a, a week. So if you're taking an hour, try to do 58 minutes next week. Try to do 56 minutes the following week. And before you know it, you'll, you'll have your time down because a lot of times, uh, we are done with the haircut. Like Drew was saying earlier, we're done, but then we start nitpicking or just dragging it because we know, right? We know we booked this 45 minute slot. So 30 minutes in, we're, we're done, but we don't know what to do rather than wrapping up the cut and enjoying the 15 minutes to sit down or maybe squeeze somebody in or grab a bite to eat. We drag the cut just to get to that 45 minute mark. Next thing you know, we're 47, 40 minutes, eight, 48 minutes in, you know, then our next appointment um, rolls in and we sit them down and we just keep moving. And I can speak from experience because I've done that, bro. And I'm sure you've done it too, where it's just like, I'm just dragging the cut because I can, you know? So if you want to cut faster and knock time off, just, just make it a, a, a goal. Look at that clock, be aware of it and knock a few minutes um, off per week. Absolutely. So Drew, man, we've been rocking for two hours and 15 minutes. I just want to say I appreciate the hell out of you. Barbers, let us know in the chat if this was another gem talk. Drop a bunch of gems in the chat. And what I want you to do, if you haven't done so already, if you're watching this on a TV, take a picture or a computer, take a picture. If you're watching on your phone, take a screenshot. And afterwards, share this to your story. Tag me and Drew in it to let us know you got value. Um, feel free to share a takeaway, you know, what, what you learned or let people know it was a bunch of gems or whatever you want to let them know. Um, so that way we can show you um, some love. I love seeing the gems come in. Everybody said this is amazing. Um, and me and Drew also want to thank you guys for taking the time to spend some time with us on a, a, on a Monday morning. Uh, it, it says a lot about you because you guys could be doing anything. You could be doing anything, and, and most barbers aren't tapped into this. As you see, there's 108 people on right now. Most barbers aren't tapped into this, but you guys are here. A lot of you guys were taking notes. A lot of you guys were engaging, asking questions. Um, it, it, it was dope, and I, as you guys know, I'm going to leave this on the channel, so if you guys didn't get to see the whole thing, you can always go back um, and, and, and rewatch it. But um, So, Drew, real quick, one last question VIP uh, Fade says, and I think that you could add a lot of value by answering this advice on working at a completely new shop straight out of barber school, what would your advice be? Cause I know we're going to have a lot of those type of barbers that watch this. Yeah. The best thing you could do is just find a mentor. The mentor doesn't always have to be the owner. Um, you know, in many cases it is, um, because I find that, you know, leadership, if it has to start from the top and work itself down, but anybody in your shop could be a leader, find somebody 
who is doing it and, and really dedicated to it. Somebody who can help show you the way, um, you know, latch onto that person, ask questions. No question is a stupid question. And then also outside of the shop, you know, attend, attend um, some of these conversations like you did today. Um, reach out to people, you know, myself, Marv, I know anybody that's on this chat and I always encourage people at the shows, you know, send me a DM and uh, let's talk about it. I try to get to as many people as I can. I'm sure Marv does too. Um, but definitely just get out there and, you know, you know, talk with the people in the industry and ask questions and, and, you know, let them motivate you. Um, you know, we have a lot of really good people in, in this industry that, that are willing to help. And I think that um, there's just a lot of knowledge out there that can be shared with you um, just getting out of school. But I think that learning and doing it the right way from the jump is going to be your best bet. I love that. So, guys, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Hit that like button if you haven't already. And take a picture of this. If you need to take a picture of it to remember, make sure you follow um, Drew the Barber on IG. And also, speaking of mentors and, and asking questions and stuff like that, uh, make sure you check out my interactive social media course, guys. I teach a lot of social media and uh, content strategy but aside from that the people who are in the course will tell you we we discuss a whole bunch of different things and you can find out more info at itsmarvymarv.com or you just go on my instagram and click the link in my bio and it'll take you here and then you could you know preview one of the videos and stuff like that you see it comes with this whole curriculum a whole bunch of stuff and a private page that you get access to where you can ask questions we now offer um you can make payments too so if you can't pay it all at once you can make payments, which is a cool feature that it now offers on my platform. So check that out. And if you do sign up because of this live right here, make sure you message me and say, hey, you know, I was tapped in live with you and Drew. Uh, I joined the course and um, I'll make sure that I hook you up with something special for signing up because uh, of this conversation. So, Drew, any last words that you want to leave them with? What's a gem that you can leave them with before we wrap this up? No matter where you're at in your career, know it's exactly where you need to be. Do all of the right things. Stay consistent and just keep your goals in mind. Uh, anything can be accomplished within this industry. It's a beautiful industry. It's provided me with some of the best um, memories and current life situations that I could have ever asked for. I'd have never thought that I was off of cutting hair when I first started off on my journey. I'd have never thought that I would be where I'm at today. And it's all because of this industry. This is a very beautiful industry with a lot of great people in it. And a lot of people are willing to help you. And a lot of people have helped me. So I'm very grateful for everybody. And um, I just want to encourage everybody to just be great, put your best foot forward. And if there's anything that I can do to help anybody, um, you know, hit me up and I'll be glad to do what I can. Yes, sir. And again, Drew, thank you, bro, for uh, taking time out of your day when you didn't have to and coming on here and delivering just like uh, I knew you would. I know the barber's got a lot of value from this. Uh, it was a great gem talk. Um, I appreciate you. Um, we're going to end the live, but I want you to hang out uh, once I end it so I can chop it up with you for a couple minutes afterwards. All right. Barbers, thanks again for tapping in. We appreciate you. Until next time, keep chasing greatness. And um, stay consistent, keep giving it your all, and keep doing what most barbers don't do if you want to be able to do what most barbers don't do. So until next time, um, keep pushing. Barbers!
Thank you.